to the Grave Plot Podcast. Welcome, all you shites, to episode oh. 129 of the Grave Plot Podcast. I am Skeletoni. And I am Taylor O'Terror. We are back with another year of St. Patty's celebration. You're right, bastards. You know what's back also? Our terrible Irish accents. Oh, fella. <laughs> We're bound to uh, offend someone somewhere. As per usual. I'm with Scrooge McDuck there. <laughs> it's really easy to slip into like a Scottish hybrid thing. Yeah. But then you get into like like Welsh people. Like Welsh accents sound like a mixture of like Scottish and Irish and, and British. They don't know what they're doing. <laughs> they're just all over the they're map. Just, they're drunk. <laughs> well, um, that's the Irish. <laughs> uh so, how you doing, Taylor? I'm doing pretty well. Yeah. What's new? Uh, I don't know. Not I, living I the dream. <laughs> I don't think I'm supposed to talk about it on on the podcast, so I guess I won't bring that up. But is it something podcast related? No. Oh, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay. Cool. <laughs> Taylor has uh, secret things that he can't talk about. Secrets. Hey, uh, we upgraded our mic cables. Hang on, I got it. Who's watching now? My dad. Hi, dad. Um, yeah, yeah, we we got uh, we got big boy cables. Yeah, top of the line Mogami's. Mogami. You know, I knew very little about mic cables. Admittedly, I just had some no name brands that I bought at Guitar Center. But uh, when I went to go buy like really nice cables, I just like in like in my head I thought of okay, monster cable. I'm pretty sure those are like the best cables around. They're really not. Like, I don't know if they even make mic cables, but uh, like, or like XLRs. Um, but when I was like looking at like the best brands, um, I, I kept seeing like a, a, a scale, like best, you know, top of the line quality. Uh, like, here's the, the pinnacle. Then you've got like, you know, nice mid range and now like best for, you know, budgets. Um, and uh, n- none of those three were monsters. So, <laughs> is monsters like, like the Beats headphones of mic cables, where like they have this reputation, but they're actually kind of shitty. <laughs> well, I know that like, um, like you know, when we were still playing music, that like, like for like guitar cables, like patch cords and stuff. Yeah, M- M- Monster was like the shit. Like if you had Monster, you know you were doing. Um, so I don't know if their reputations changed or if they've just been outclassed in the, in the years or what. But no, apparently Mogami is it's like, all about Mogami now. Yeah. Mogami Gold. Ooh. Oh, yeah. I like that. That <laughs> sounds fancy as fuck. But hopefully it uh, improves our um, you know, quality. I mean, it's improving in my headphones. I'll tell you that. There's like no buzz. I'm hearing everything. I hear my weird wheezing nose. and <laughs> I'm glad you can hear that now. <laughs> oh, I hear it when I listen back all the time. And I'm like, oh, God, I'm so fucking annoying. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like usually there's just like the slightest hiss in the background. But now all I hear is just room noise. There's nothing. It sounds like post-apocalyptic in my head. Yeah, like I hear like your fridge running. And Better go catch it. <laughs> <laughs> and I hear like your uh, like the cars outside. But that's that's it. It's nice. Yeah. I'm hoping it translates to the recording. It better. <laughs> it fucking better. Or else we wasted 180 fucking dollars. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, so hopefully that translates to you. I mean, we're still the same shitty people that are not good at what oh, we yeah, do. Oh, yeah, our content's still shit, but... 
but at least it'll sound like better shit. Anyway, um, yeah, so like we said, this is going to be our salute to Irish cinema, uh, St. Patrick's. Irish. Irish cinema. Um, In honor of St. Patty's Day. Yeah. You know, we ran out of like St. Patrick's Day themed movies. Actually, we still have Leprechaun There's still most Leprechaun movies, actually. That's true, but I don't want to watch them. I mean, there's Vegas and space. (laughs) Yeah. Vegas isn't terrible. Like, there are worse ones. But like um, space, <laughs> like space, or like either of the hood movies. Have you watched Leprechaun Returns? Uh, that's the sci-fi one. Yeah, no, me neither. I'm wondering if it's any good. I know it's like a return to. That's supposed to be a return sequel to, form. to the original, right? To the first movie. Yeah. Um, but it's not Warwick Davis. It's not, and it's so strange because like the theme, like the the plot of the movie is that you know at the first the end, end of the first movie. Uh, he gets hit in the face with a um, uh, a flying four-leaf clover and falls down a well and melts and, and whatever. But then, you know, come 20, 30 years later, however long, uh, for some reason they're putting a sorority house in this in the same farmhouse from the first movie, which makes zero sense to me because that farmhouse was in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> So usually like sorority houses are somewhere near campus. Yeah. So unless they just built like a college across the street, then it makes no sense. <laughs> Alex says it's decent. Is it? Okay. Uh, it made me buy the whole thing. You bought it? I think he just means like buy into it. Oh, uh, okay. Um. Anyway, but uh, I think last year... Uh, we moved away from leprechauns and that kind of shit and moved towards uh, more uh, Irish-directed slash acted um, horror films. And, I mean, there's, there's a good selection of, of films that came out of Ireland. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they don't quite get the oh, whole franchise. I got it. Um, there's a lot of, uh, like, I think they're kind of unsung a little bit, like, yeah, you hear yeah, people. I mean, you know, you obviously American horror has its place, and then I think J horror is probably the next biggest. Uh, there's a niche for Korean horror, but yeah, you don't hear a lot about Irish horror. Yeah, it's. I mean, I think the UK is over the last couple of decades have really kind of started to gear things up, especially because Americans have been putting out so much shit. <laughs> <clears throat> anyway, so later on, we're going to be talking about a couple Irish movies, so that'll be fun. Yeah. Uh, in the meantime, uh, why don't we thank some Patreon patrons? Let's do. So every month, uh, a selection of very lovely people give us their money to do with what we will. Like buy mic cables. Yes. See, you guys, we're investing in the show with your money. We're not out spending it on hookers and blow anymore. <laughs> right now. <laughs> Let's not get crazy. We <laughs> might do it in the future. Things change. Things get crazy. Anyway, but yes, um... We do like to try and reinvest the money in the show, whether it's paying bills, uh, like uh, you know, hosting services or you know, uh, website shit or equipment on the rare occasion. Um, and uh, anyway, so these people uh, give us their money. They are Kevin Nesgoda, Jordan Morrison, Kevin Trent, Joshua Hodges, Carlos Rodella, The Horror Addicts, Max Zaleski, and Aaron Meyer. Thank you so much, guys. Your donations mean a whole heap of a lot to us. Um, if you, I mean, if we, if you didn't give us your money, we'd have to pay for the shit out of pocket. And who wants to do that? 
Nobody. I don't want to do that. I'm poor. We'd still be using shitty cables if that was the case. <laughs> true. We wouldn't pay for it. Yeah, like shitty cables that were just slowly not working. Yeah, we would run them into the ground. <laughs> Once they didn't work, that's when we would buy new ones. <laughs> I think those cables predated the show. I don't remember why I had them, but <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure they're older than the show. At least some of them. Anyway, so uh, Taylor, <laughs> if anyone else would like to help contribute to the show, where can they go? They can go to patreon.com slash graveplotpodcast. For as little as $1 a month, you can get exclusive content, including video reviews of movies chosen by you. And then you can get more content for more money, including getting your name in the show. Or if you give $100, I will get a tattoo of a fat unicorn on my ass. Who doesn't want that? Everybody wants that. Maybe if we get it uh, as a result of this episode, Taylor will put like a little uh, like a little green hat on it. Sure. Why not? <laughs> or like a laurel of clovers. I'll get a, t- a clover leaf on the unicorn's ass. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> it's like tattooception. Assception. Assception. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, now that we got that out of the way. Forget those fuckers. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, did I just say that out loud? That's, we're still recording. Um, cool. So, uh, yeah, was nothing new with you. Not really. Cool. I got a puppy. Did I say that in the last episode? I don't know if you did. I, I got a new puppy. He's a, he's a, a wiener dog, um, which, you know, on the surface sounds like a lot of fun. But I tell you, he has been... Um, a blight on my existence. He's been a right bastard. Yes. Um, he's been a, a right wily shite. Um, and, uh, yeah, I woke up at five o'clock or five 30 this morning because he was, uh, barking and screaming. My dog screams. So that's neat. <laughs> that's a thing that dogs do apparently. Um, and I just laid in bed and dealt with it for two hours before I finally got out of bed at seven 30. Um, and we're crate training him. You know, our last dog was not this big of a problem. My wife insists that he was, but I kind of think she's full of shit. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, my stress level is like at a 10. Like, uh, it's... <laughs> this is my nightmare. <laughs> good, good, good stuff. Um, yeah, aside from that, I really, really want to start another episode of uh, Workshop Before Us. Yeah, the, the people are waiting. I'm sure they are. With bated breath. It's been out for six months and it has a total of like 90-something views. That is good for us. It's, I guess <laughs> that's true. Um, I just I need a space to work in. I bought a bunch of new tools. I bought a table saw. I bought a miter saw. Um, and, you know, I just like mainly for working on my house. But, you know, like that, I think that could do a lot of help with you know, working on the, the show. Um, I just need space to work in. My garage is a fucking nightmare. I've got a giant fucking couch in my, in my garage as well as an old oven. And, uh, and then we still have all of our Christmas decorations like in the, in the garage. Sounds like you could rent it out as like a mother-in-law. Our garage? Yeah. You got a couch and, a stu- and an oven. <laughs> I want to turn my shed into a workshop, but like, that's just an undertaking that I'm not sure I'm ready to handle. <laughs> but you have so many tools. I do. I do have a lot of tools. <laughs> a lot of tools that are just sitting in my garage waiting to be used. <laughs> good, anyway, good. But as soon as I can clear a space, I'm going to start up the start up the workshop again, guys. Um, so 
all you know all two of you out there maybe that are just waiting for the next episode it, it'll it'll come eventually so go subscribe to our youtube channel yeah neat and you'll actually see a lot more stuff on our youtube channel if you become one of our patrons that's true <laughs> you'll have access to stuff that is hosted on youtube you can't actually access it on youtube but it's secret it's so secret it's the secret of secret Okay. Anyway, that's enough bullshit, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, laddie. yeah. Oh, yeah, laddie. Um, it's terrible. <laughs> We're fucking idiots. I, was, I went Minnesota with it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, don't you know? <laughs> All right. Why don't we just start with some horror business? Let's, let's do that. All right, we're going to get started just as soon as I whip this out. Have you ever had one of these? Not that flavor. It's pretty good. Can I say it's like Hawaiian Punch? It's a delight. All right. I like the, the sour ones. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of sour stuff. I don't understand the point. Just like hot stuff or spicy stuff. I don't I don't get it. Yeah, I like spicy stuff too. You're You're dumb. Something's wrong with you. <laughs> You're stupid. Your mama. Real world horror, guys. Um, So we're going to take a a trip over to jolly old London, England. London town. (laughs) Which is close to Ireland. Tied in. (laughs) Sure. In a roundabout way. (laughs) The most fucking tenuous tie-in possible. Um, but some British cave enthusiasts, which I guess might be spelunkers. Spunkers. Spunkers. They just go in caves and spunk in each other's faces. Yep. Throwing ropes. <laughs> in one of the movies, they said something about somebody shitting and spunking all the way. So I was just like, <laughs> spunk. <laughs> one of the ones we did for this? Yeah. I think it was Let Us Pray. I don't remember that. I was I was extremely distracted while I was watching that one. Um, okay, so look forward to that review. Uh, yes, so uh, some British cave enthusiasts have discovered hundreds of centuries old. Wait, are there? Does that mean there are hundreds of these things, or that there was hundreds of centuries? Yep, one of the two. I'm, I'm certain of it. Uh, I, think hun- they, I think it was hundreds of. The marks that are centuries old. Okay, I guess centuries could imply hundreds of centuries if they wanted it. To. I feel like it was if it was hundreds of centuries, there would be hyphens in between. Mm, mm, mm. Hundreds of centuries old protective marks and ritualistic drawings designed to capture, trap, and repel evil forces. Evil, evil, evil forces. <laughs> Cover stupid. <laughs> <laughs> you can't help but wonder how scared were they. Of something. I tell you, they're so scared. <laughs> that they're drawn on the walls. No, you're supposed to say, how, how scared, scared were, were they? they? <laughs> I tell you, they're so... I don't know the answer. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a punchline. <laughs> um, you can't help but wonder, how scared were they of, of something? This is a weird question. <laughs> uh, 
A better question would say, like, uh, you can't help but wonder what were they so scared of? Yeah. How scared were they of something? How scared were they? <laughs> Asked Paul Baker, who's the director of the Cresswell Crags, who's an ancient, uh, an ancient cave system uh, about 150 miles north of London. Uh, what they were concerned about and what they were... What were they concerned about and... Wait, what? it doesn't say and. What were they concerned about that they would oh, go to this level? Got it. <laughs> British people talk weird. <laughs> they say weird s- stuff. What were they concerned about that they would go to this level? <laughs> I've been watching this guy It's like a British game show host. <laughs> Uh, I've been watching this guy on YouTube. Uh, he's he's a blacksmith, and so he just has blacksmithing videos. Um, and he's he's British, and just like the phrases he says are just like, "What does that even mean?" <laughs> um, like a, a nupty, which is apparently like a word for like an idiot. Like he calls Never himself that. He calls himself a nupty. It's like, what? <laughs> anyway, back on task. Um, Let's see. What were they concerned about that they would go to this level? There is no area that hasn't got a mark on it somewhere. Cavers from the Subterranea Britannica organization noticed that the etchings were actually uh, up apotropaic marks. Did I say that right? I have no idea. Uh, okay. Don't know what it means. Oh, essentially protective marks. That's what it means. Supposedly having the power to avert evil influences or bad luck. There we go. Uh... These are uh, scrawled all over the wells, uh, ceilings, and around holes and crevices. <laughs> like your butt. <laughs> Butthole and, and vagina. And butt crevice. <laughs> butt crevice. <laughs> you know, like when your pants are, hang down low and your butt crevice hangs out? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's not clear what, specifically, the witch's marks were aimed at. It could be fairies, witches, whatever you're fearful of. It was going to be down there. Allison Fern of uh, the University of Le- Leicester, uh, who's an expert on uh, protective marks, uh, told The Guardian. I wish this was worded better for like actually dictating it. <laughs> anyway, um, so what do you think, Taylor? What, what were the old Brits so afraid of? Probably witches. Probably witches. There are a lot of witches there, supposedly. And you know, what do you do with witches? Burn them. Yeah. What also burns? They're very small rocks. <laughs> Bread. Great gravy. <laughs> what is this? Monty Python? Oh. Holy Grail? I don't remember that part. Come on, son. It's like, like, like you were watching Psych yeah, earlier. Yeah, no, I, I got it. There's another tie-in. <laughs> Even though nobody else gets it. <laughs> what? Um, you heard about Pluto? Messed up, right? <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah. Um, yeah, those old Brits, they were afraid of basically their own shadows. Yeah, apparently they were afraid of fairies. Fairies are like this big. You just... <laughs> <laughs> you hit them. Hit them with a stick. It's boom. Dead. Done. Yeah, just get a fly swatter. Yeah. I mean, they could have invented like the first fly swatters. They could have. Back, you know, hundreds of centuries ago. <laughs> they would have called them fairy swatters. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I bet fairies came from like something like fireflies or like swamp gas or something. Probably. Yeah. 
because people back then were stupid. <laughs> Actually, there are people that stupid nowadays. They except now we call them like anti-vaxxers or Trump supporters or flat earthers. Yeah, <laughs> just like complete fucking idiots that deny deny science and rather believe in like nonsense. Yeah. <clears throat> anyway, we just offended like so many groups all at once. That's that's like a record for us. I think they're all the same group, actually. Are, are I think anti-vaxxers aren't necessarily like Trump supporters. That's true. I think they're more like super liberal douchebags. That could be, yeah. It's like the mm. ones who like believe that you can heal yourself with berries and shit. <laughs> right. Or it's like, oh, well, you vaccinate your kids and then worry about your kids, not mine. It's like, well, your kid could potentially kill mine, so I'm worried about your kid as well. Yep. Did you hear about this guy that's, uh, we're getting off, ta- uh, off topic now, this guy, he, he's like an adult, he's a fully grown adult who has measles, and he's, now he, I think he's speaking out against his parents, and I think he might be suing them for not vaccinating him. I heard something similar, I didn't hear if he was suing his parents. Maybe I'm combining two stories, I'm not sure, but, um, yeah, it's like some some kid who whose parents were fucking idiots, and now he's a fully grown adult with his with a mind of his own. Now he's saying, oh, yeah, my parents are fucking morons. They should have vaccinated me yeah, because well, now I'm yeah, sick. Probably, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, also, hey, TV studios, you want a million-dollar idea? Find a group of flat earthers. Tell them you'll pay them if they can find the edge of the planet. Film it. Reality show. Yeah, you'll spend significantly less money than you do on, like, Survivor. Tell them that you will give them $11 billion, and they will believe that's a real number because they believe things that aren't real. <laughs> Tell them you'll give them golden doubloons, but they're located on the edge of the earth. <laughs> yes. Tell, tell them that the grand prize is located at the edge of the earth. But the secret is, and for the joke for us at home, is that there is no prize because there's no edge of the earth. Right. And if somehow they do find it, have somebody run up from behind and just push them. Yeah. And they go flying off. Because otherwise they would just be intolerable. Be like, I fucking told you. Ah. <laughs> uh... Stupid, stupid people. Anyway, so what kind of marks do we have to put on our houses to protect ourselves from anti-vaxxers and flat earthers? <laughs> I don't know. Like maybe like the uh, molecular combination for like uh, the uh, measles vaccine or something. Mm, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> that checks out. Or you just block them on Twitter. <laughs> like that's the modern day equivalent. Or like troll them. That's always fun. <laughs> I love when these people, like, uh, it's mainly on Facebook. I haven't really seen it too much on Twitter or Instagram, but mainly on Facebook, these people are just like, well, my kid can't have vaccines because blah, 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 and they might get autism. It's like, those are the people, those are like targets. Those are the people I go after because they're <laughs> fucking morons. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's like, my doctor told me my kid can't have a vaccine. And it's like... Yeah, they they wish my or they wish all parents were as good with their kids as I was, and it's like that's not true at all. Either that, or you go see a very poor doctor. Yeah, does your doctor like operate out of the trunk of his car? Because <laughs> yeah. that sounds fake. Or wear like uh, wear fucking moccasins to work or something. Yeah. Uh yeah. My name is Doctor John's. You know what? Just call me Doctor John. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Probably better for all of us if you don't know my real name. <laughs> <laughs> anyway so witches man gotta hate them
kind of candy you want. Sweet chocolate, chocolate malt candy, gumdrops, anything you want. You've come to the right man because... So we announced in the past that Jordan Peele is making a new Candyman movie. It's apparently not a remake, but a spiritual sequel to the original. Uh, they have apparently found their new Candyman. It's an actor named Yahya Abdul-Mateen II. Uh, I am not familiar with him, but apparently he played the villainous Cadillac on Netflix's The Get Down, as well as the villainous Black Manta in Aquaman. Yeah. So he's very villainous. <sighs> he's a villainous guy. And now he's going to play the villainous Candyman. Is he playing a villainous char- character in, <clears throat> in Us as well? I don't know. Cool. But he's also going to be on Watchmen. Hmm. Hmm. So he's getting around. Yeah, he's just getting some work. I don't understand the spiritual sequel thing. It's either a sequel or it isn't. Yeah, who are you, fucking J.J. Abrams? Yeah, just because you recast the lead role doesn't make it a spiritual sequel. Yeah, it doesn't make it not a sequel. <laughs> it's like, look at look at Leprechaun. It's not a spiritual sequel. It's a fucking sequel. Yeah, or I mean Halloween. Yeah. I mean, they try to call that a spiritual sequel, but no. Like, unless you're... Well, I mean, Halloween did kind of rewrite parts of the first movie so that it's must true. be the spiritual part of it i just i'm not understanding this because um you know they recast Candyman, obviously did you say uh, Candyman? did i <laughs> kind of <laughs> you know john Candyman. Candyman. um they recast Candyman, <clears throat> uh and you know tony todd was iconic for that role um but in so this takes off as a sequel to the first movie, right? Yeah. Um, it says it will return to the neighborhood where the legend began, the now gentrified section of Chicago where the Cabrini Green housing projects once stood. That's all we have so far for a synopsis. Yeah, okay. So, I mean, I don't I don't get it because it's clearly a sequel to the first movie. But, I mean, you recast the lead role. So, what exactly is making this a spiritual sequel? You're asking the wrong <laughs> It's not. It's not like, like as far as we know. It's not like they're rewriting parts of the first movie. Yeah, it's a sequel to the first movie as it stands. So I just I don't understand. You know, studios got to come up with new terms every four years. It feels like. Yeah. I'd like. I'd like to say, how did they gentrify Cabrini Green? But you know, look at like Capitol Hill. Yeah. <laughs> like I mean, you can gentrify most things. That's true. I was thinking just like. Shit, they're gentrifying Harlem. That well, I think Harlem's pretty well gentrified by now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, as soon as rich white people start saying, hey, I'm going to buy that place in this shitty neighborhood, it's pretty much all over. Yeah. Let's the trust fund kids come in and... Yeah. Daddy, buy me this loft apartment. Yeah. Um. Anyway. Anyway, uh, Tony Todd has not apparently been signed on in any capacity. There was rumors he was going to be making some kind of cameo or something. But uh, last I read, he was starting to get very upset that he hasn't been contacted yet. I don't think he should. I think it'd be distracting. It would be really weird to have the original Candyman playing someone that's not Candyman. Yeah. Because it's not like he was wearing a mask. It's not like... um... Like if this was a remake, then sure. But if you're if you're making a sequel, then he probably shouldn't be in it. As much as I love Tony Todd and would love to see him in it, it like you said, it would be distracting. It would be uh, off-putting. Yeah. 
And it's like, it's not like he's somebody like, um, uh, you know, like somebody, one of the guys that played Jason, you know, hiding behind a mask the entire movie. Yeah. And where it's putting him in the movie is just kind of like a wink and a nod to the fans, you know? Um, this, like his, like the character was his face. Yeah. You can't just put his face in the movie and expect people not to really pay much of it, you know, pay not to make a big deal out of it. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, uh, well, this is going to be written by Mia DaCosta, who wrote Little Woods. Any idea what that is? No clue. All right. Uh, MGM and Wynn Rosenfield are producing, along with Jordan Peele's Monkey Pop Productions. Uh, this is expected to hit theaters June 12th of next year, with production beginning this spring. Oh, yeah. So I'm just wondering, like, one thing I'm curious about is like you know they're gentrifying this neighborhood but so much of the that plot was wrapped around the fact that it was cabrini green was like a ghetto it's like run by gangs it was just like and you know they they lived with like this legend of Candyman in their midst and like it was kind of a don't ask don't tell type thing with that gone i'm wondering how Candyman is relevant you know yeah i don't know because then it's just basically a black guy harassing white people then <laughs> that doesn't read well well it reads better than the other way around well sure <laughs> I, I just to me the way i'm understanding this the way i'm putting it together in my head the optics on it are very bad i don't know i wouldn't mind seeing Candyman terrorize some rich white kids well sure yeah whatever fuck it just thinking my thoughts uh yeah so june 12th next year look forward to that neat all right all you guys with shutter out there if you don't have shutter this is not a paid advertisement but i mean Get Shutter, right? Yeah, get Shutter, right? Yeah, <laughs> fucking a. It's five bucks. Yeah, and there's tons of good movies and TV shows and podcasts on there. Yeah, yeah. oh, I forgot about podcasts. Uh, yeah, it's. It, I feel like it's going to get to the point where they're going to raise raise the price probably significantly. So I mean, enjoy it now while it's really cheap, and you're getting a bunch of cool shit, like, and not for free, but like first pennies like if you utilize it so like it's 500 pennies 500 pennies yeah if that you, makes it sound more expensive than it is <laughs> if you use utilize it to its like full potential you are basically paying nothing for all the content you're if you watch one movie a month on there yeah that's cheaper than you'll pay to rent movies to rent mm-hmm. one movie a month mm-hmm. most of the time but point is guys and probably the most important thing about shutter is that our good old friend Mr. Joe Bob Briggs is coming back once again. And as far as we know, he's back to stay, guys. He's coming out with a full we, uh, weekly series uh, that's going to deb- debut on March 29th. It's going to be called The Last Drive-In with Joe Bob Briggs, um, which we talked about before. That'd be like a perfect name for the show. It's like, I think I feel like when they first introduced his, like, his special, um, his 24-hour marathon, it's like the last drive-in, as in like, okay, this is the last time I'm doing this. But now it's kind of like 
saying there aren't really drive-ins anymore. And these are like old classic drive-in movies. Yeah. Um, and so this show is like the last drive-in theater. And we, I mean, we talked about that on the show, I think, probably when they announced the, the Thanksgiving Yep, uh, show. Yeah, probably. Um, but anyway, uh, so that's what they're doing. Uh, like I said, it's going to be a weekly series. Um, doing Okay, the final episode is set to air. Or sorry, it's going to premiere on March 29th. Final episode will air on May 29th, making it nine episodes. Um, and uh, so every episode is going to feature a double feature. That's awesome. Yeah, that's like three hours worth of Joe Bob. That's so much Joe Bob. It's Joe Bob up your ass. I don't want that. <laughs> Just need meat, 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 and yes. <laughs> Chili. <laughs> Open your ears, jackass. Nobody knows what we're talking about. <laughs> uh, it's, yeah, so it's going to premiere uh, on March 29th on Fridays. Um, it's going to weekly show on Fridays. At 9 p.m. Eastern, um, that's going to be uh, 5 p.m. No, 6, 6 p.m. for us here on the West Coast. Um, Joe Bob said, uh, "This the double features we choose for the weekly series range over five decades and include everything from cra- classics to obscure classics to obscurities to foreign cult offerings, with a handful of guests who have offered or sorry who have agreed to play around with us in our Texas trailer park." I don't want to say we got carried away with the possibilities here, but we kind of got carried away from the, with the <laughs> possibilities here. So I'm fucking excited about this. Yeah. Like, I've been fiending for Joe Bob since I was a kid, like, and he stopped doing his show. Monster Vision? Yeah. Uh, actually, I don't know. If, I don't think that was the most recent show. I think he did one after that. Oh. Um, on, like, Cinemax or Showtime or something. Um, but... You know, I didn't have Cinemax as a kid. I didn't have like those premium channels. So basically the last show that I watched was Monster Vision because <laughs> it was on TNT. Um, anyway, but, uh, you know, it was exciting when he came back and did the 24-hour marathon. And, you know, even though we thought it was going to be the last time, um, and I think at that time it, it intended to be, I don't know if they meant to like kind of undo the fuck up from the marathon because a lot of people couldn't watch till the thing was like fucking halfway over. Um, and you know, this is going to be like a single run. Couldn't watch it again, but they said, all right, well, since nobody could fucking watch it and it was running live, it's like, we're going to put it on Amazon or you know, put it on shutter. We, so you can watch it episodically. And I think to help fix that, to kind of heal the wound, they did the, the, the Thanksgiving one, the feasts of terror, feast of horror, Dinners of something. Something or other. <laughs> um, and I think they probably just realized what a following that guy still has and how people were as excited about it as we were. Um, anyway. Th- thoughts? <laughs> yeah. Cool. Let's do it. Fucking, party. fucking Joe Bob, fucking party, and he's bringing back the the male girl with the boobs, <laughs> right? Uh, starts with a D, starts with two Ds. <laughs> <laughs> she follows us on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, she sure does. I'll keep on a color Darlene, but I'm pretty sure that's not right. <laughs> anyway, 
Sweet. Uh, so get hyped for more Joe Bob, guys. Darcy. Darcy. That's the one. Um, it's going to be exciting. You know, Joe Bob, he he really hasn't lost a step. He's, he's as good as he it's ever was. It's the same old show, yeah. Um, so, and I say that as a compliment. Yeah. Uh, so March 29th, guys, it's just a couple weeks away. Get your shutter on. Oh, yeah. You know what I found out though? You like they have an Amazon channel. Mm. You you can't you can't stream live stuff on the Amazon channel. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, it pissed me off because I only had like I was paying for the five bucks on Amazon. It's <laughs> kind of where they get you. I was paying the five bucks for the Shutter channel on Amazon. Then I go to watch uh, the last drive-in, and before I found out that it wasn't fucking working, um, I found out that I couldn't watch it on there. So I had to go and get the app on my phone so I could stream it from there to my Apple TV to watch it on my TV. So I had to pay another $5 a month. So I'm paying I'm paying $10 a month for Shutter. Oh, it didn't carry over? No. Oh, wow. That's fucked up. And like when I looked it up, it's just like, can I, or does my Amazon channel subscription uh, move over with, it's like an FAQ. Um, does it move over to you know just the Shutter app? And she's like, sorry, at this time we don't do that. I'm like, of course not. Wow. So. Disclaimer for all you people at home. But I mean, even still, it's not that bad. I, I could drop one or the other if I wanted to, I guess. But yeah, just cancel the Amazon channel. But then I have to use my Apple TV all the time, and I have a smart TV for a fucking reason. Your your TV doesn't have Shutter. Like a Shutter like app? an app? Yeah. No. Really. It's not that I'm aware of. Oh, mine does. Interesting. Your yours has Roku. It's a, yeah, it's a, Ro- it's a Roku TV. I wonder if it's just a Roku thing. I mean, yeah, but I know that it also works with like Chromecast and stuff. So I would look. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Either way, it's like just you know. I I like my iPhone. It works. It does what I want it to. Um. But when I want to stream to something, it's a pain in the ass. Because mm. <laughs> for like, if I want to mirror my screen, it only works with Apple TV. Oh, yeah. <sighs> or if I buy some like shitty third-party app for like $20 a month. <laughs> anyway. First world problems. Joe Bob. Yay, Shutter. So, at least in my opinion, the surprise hit of last year was Escape Room. Was it, it a hit? Yeah, it made a million dollars. Actually, it made $119 million. That's not even that much. It was like number one at the box office when it's opening weekend. That's insanity. Yeah, because the trailer doesn't look good. <laughs> it really didn't. It looked, it looked terrible. Yeah. And but, it was upsetting because it had Tyler Labine in it, and I really like him. Um, and uh, Deborah Ann Wool, I really mm-hmm. like her. Uh, For very different reasons. Sure, yeah. I don't know. I kind of want to give both of them a cuddle. <laughs> Labine does have that like big teddy bear thing going on. He really on. does. He lost a lot of weight, though. Mm. He's not a big old fat guy anymore. That makes him less funny. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> 
if I learned anything from Will Sasso. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Uh, yeah, but it, like I said, it made $119 million uh, worldwide. It was number one at the box office. The reviews were really good. So I just it, don't understand. Yeah. I mean, we still haven't seen it. Maybe, maybe it's good, <laughs> but apparently it's been, it did well enough that they have greenlit a sequel. That's a hell of a thing. Uh, by the way, the budget on it was only $9 million. So they did all right. Yeah. <laughs> they cleaned they, up. They made their nut. Uh, plot, Sounds like a Blumhouse move. I know, right? Uh, plot details for Escape Room 2 are currently being kept under wraps, but the first one followed six strangers who find themselves in a maze of deadly rooms and must use their wits to find the clues or die. It looked very Saw. Oh, yeah. It looked super Saw. Like It, it looked like a Saw ripoff. Yeah. Uh, director Adam Robitel, writer Broggy F. Shoot, and director Neil H. Moritz are all going to return. The Dream Team. That's what they call them. <laughs> Uh, and this is going to be coming out April 17th of next year. Yeah. So this this could be a new franchise coming to you. I'm wondering how they're going to make this different than the original. The same way they did with Saw. Just different just, people. Just not. Just different, different people doing the same thing. <laughs> you know, it's funny. This movie looked stupid. Um, but if they like had an escape room based on Saw, that might be actually kind of awesome. They do. It's in Vegas. Really? Yeah. Is it awesome? I don't know. I haven't been there. Have people said it's awesome? I don't know. Of course, people, people say a lot of things. <laughs> people said the Saw movies were awesome, too. So. Uh, speaking of which, there's an Evil Dead 2 escape room coming fucking to Seattle. Yeah. You can bet we're going to be there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and they announced... Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> now, the, uh, they announced that they're going to be selling uh, presale tickets at Crypticon Seattle. So, you know, we're, we're going to be all over that. Yeah. I w- well, first, I want to try and see if we can get it for free. But yeah. <laughs> I'll just, let's just announce our plan. <laughs> uh, yeah. But I'm looking forward to that greatly. Mm-hmm. Deeply. So deep. <laughs> um, yeah, you said that like the um, uh, hourglass escapes. Is that what it's called? Yeah. Um, you said it's like their rooms. They have a, a a person that walks through with you. Yeah. I'm not keen on that. Me neither. I prefer the guide to be out of the room, and then like you have to ask for clues, and they give yeah. it to you through a loudspeaker or something. Yeah, I mean, you know, we did that one escape room, uh, and we had a guide with us. He was silent most of the time, unless we asked for clues. Mm-hmm. But occasionally he'd just he'd like see that we were struggling and just start like repeating clues. It's like we got it. Yeah, I still don't know what that means, guy. <laughs> Idiot. <laughs> yeah, but I mean then we did that other escape room, you know, more recently and that was much more preferable. Yeah, I mean it's a little intimidating having him in the room with you. Yeah, you feel like He's seen this a million times. He knows all the tricks. Yeah, and you feel like he's judging you. Yeah. Like, no, you're looking in that box, idiot. There's nothing in there, stupid. It's like, out of all the clues in here, this one is the easiest, and you guys are just <laughs> fucking up. Just those judgmental eyes. <laughs> Beady little eyes. Just making somebody up in my head. <clears throat> anyway. Twirling his stupid little curly Q mustache. Yeah. <laughs> With that gold tooth and <laughs> a monocle that scar on his neck. 
is this person? Snightly Whiplash? <laughs> his top hat. And his cape. Anyway. Um, yeah. We haven't talked much about Crypticon. Not particularly. Not to get too off subject, but uh, I don't even know if we've mentioned anything, have we? I think we just mentioned we were going to be there. Okay. Well, I mean, yeah, like great, like usual, we're going to be there. Um, this year, we're going to be a little more involved. Yeah. Yeah. Still waiting on official announcements for what we'll be doing. But um, Morton says that we could talk about it if we want. Oh, did he? Yeah. All right. Well, let's fucking talk about it. Is it on the website? Yeah. Oh, well, th- that counts as official. <laughs> <laughs> I hadn't seen anything on social media about it, so I, I didn't realize they had already posted about it. He told me about uh, Angela from Night of the Demons before they actually posted it on the... I saw that. So, <clears throat> exciting news for Crypticon Seattle this year is your boys, the Grave Plot Podcast, are going to be hosting uh, the Modern Monsters interview, uh, where we're going to be talking to CJ Graham... That's Jason Voorhees from Tony's favorite Friday the 13th, part six. I'm so fucking hyped about He's going to Chris Farley all over the place. He'll be like, remember that time in Jason Lives? I definitely am going to <laughs> do that. When you ripped off the guy's arm? That was cool. What about it? You, you remember it? <laughs> it was awesome. <laughs> uh, and if that weren't enough, we're also going to be talking to Eugene Clark. A.K.A. Big Daddy from Land of the Dead. Yep. Uh, and then also, we're going to be talking to Art the Clown himself, David Howard Thornton. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, dude. Hell yeah, dude. <laughs> um, uh, you know, this started out with us just doing an interview with CJ Graham. And then uh, the guy that organizes the panels and all the interviews, he's like, hey guys, so news, got news for you. <laughs> we're adding Eugene Clark and David Howard Thornton to your interview. Like, oh. Okay, <laughs> we can handle this. We're not going to freak out. We're not going to freak out. <laughs> we are not freaking out. I mean, if anything, it's going to make our jobs a lot easier. Oh, yeah. Having three people talk. We're not just going to just talk for half an hour and then be like, well, bye. <laughs> like that first tragic that fucking time. Fucking we... Yuletide horror panel. Oh, my God. That was awful. And we were it... just like, so did you guys see this one? Yeah, that was good. What about this one? No, I haven't seen that one. Oh. It's pretty good. Yeah, then we had somebody talking about books, and it's like, I mean, yeah, we probably should have prepared for that, but we haven't read any of these. <laughs> we, we don't know. We never learned to read. <laughs> uh, um, but yeah, so um, we're going to be talking to all three of those guys, and uh, it's, there's, we're going to be talking about what it takes to be, um, you know, kind of a creature favorite on screen, you know, to to create a monster on screen that people um come to recognize and not really not identify not identify with hopefully (laughs) (laughs) but just to kind of create an iconic monster um and i think uh these guys will know that pretty well um anyway so we're really excited about that um it's gonna be nice to complete the pair because we had damon leone on the show Mm -hmm. i know we'll be talking to david thornton so that'd be exciting. Uh, to go with that, I am going to be hosting a uh, workshop wherein I'm going to be showing people how to make Jason masks. Not like flimsy, shitty drugstore masks, but actually like, you know, high quality, you know, movie grade um, 
like Jason masks. I'm going to show you how to show them how to like custom paint it uh, and make it look really good. Um, and then you can run off and go get it signed by CJ Graham. And I'll be wandering around bugging Luchagor. <laughs> Maybe if they, I don't even yeah. know if they're coming. I don't know. I haven't, I haven't talked to any of them. Uh, anyway, but so, uh, Crypticon's going to be pretty exciting this year, guys. A lot of cool guests, um, lined up. Yeah. Uh, I mean, aside from the three that we're talking to. Like Mitch Pelleggi. Yeah. <laughs> from Shocker. You're looking good. <laughs> Uh, D. Wallace, Ray Wise, and Cheryl Lee from Twin Peaks. I'm fucking excited about that. Uh, Adrian King from Friday the 13th. Amy Steele from Friday the 13th 2. Barbara Steele, who if you don't know, is, she's a fucking legend. Linnea, man. Linnea is going to be there. Quiggles is going to be Quiggles, there. <laughs> she likes to be called. Uh, yeah, it's going to be a great time. So if you're in the area, you should definitely join us. Hell yeah, I did. Also, Escape Room 2. <laughs> <laughs> that's about as far off topic as we've ever got. It's yeah, it's pretty pretty out there. Um neat. Yeah. You know, if you if you like the first movie, then you know, maybe see the second one. So Crypticon's May and then Escape Room is April of next year. And Be Crypt- there. <laughs> the Crypticon is the is, is the May next month again. after that. This might have lost track. Yes. <laughs> okay. All right, guys. So, um, Ghostbuster Three has been a pretty, pretty hot topic lately. Um, a lot of, <laughs> you know, right there. Yeah. It just swung a lot easier than I expected. Just like just hitting your face with it. I hit my hat. <laughs> um. Anyway, Ghostbusters Three uh, recently announced. Been a hot topic amongst the film community um, and just the world in general, I guess, uh, in that it's going to be a continuation of the original series, uh, not some shitty, well, it might be shitty, who knows, but not some stupid. It's not a remake. It's not. Pseudo sequel bullshit remake thing. That's just. Spiritual sequel. That just sucks. (laughs) Um, Anyway, uh, I lost my train of thought. So, uh, casting, yes. They announced that the, the, the movie's going to focus more around kids. Um, you know, we're, as far as we know, the original Busters are going to have, you know, at least make cameos. Um, they're going to be in the film with some capacity, but it's not going to center around them. It's going to focus more on these kids who discover the Ecto-1 in a old barn house for some reason and uh, decide to take up Take up Bustin. Bustin makes them feel good. Those are children. <laughs> Not busting nuts. <laughs> it feels as good as busting a nut. <laughs> Did you ever hear those old coordinates? Uh, oh, yeah. Bust are... a nut, bust a nut. <laughs> Grab back coordinates and bust a nut. They're lightly toasted and hard as hell. Enjoy yourself. We won't tell. <laughs> Great stuff. Free advertisement for Cornets. <laughs> We're just full of those today. For our first time customers, we recommend our signature drink, Caribbean Paradise. Tastes as good as busting a nut. <laughs> no, we jizz in the drink, and that's what makes it frothy. 
<laughs> People may associate as referring to as an orgasm. <laughs> Which is light and playful. Okay, but where do I jizz? <laughs> oh, God. Anyway, so, uh, casting news is starting to come out about Ghostbusters 3, and uh, in the least surprising casting news uh, pretty much ever, uh, Finn Wolfhard has been cast, uh, or he's in, he's, sorry, he's in talks to uh, star, I guess. Um, uh, to play the lead boy. <laughs> The lead boy. Uh, Little boy, baby boy. <laughs> also, actress Carrie Coon from Fargo, Avengers, Infinity War, and Why Gone Girl. Why did you Girl. say it like that? Because it's two O's, so it's a ooh sound. Carrie Coon. Coon. It's like you went Irish with it. Carrie Coon. That's ah, another tie-in. <laughs> Just random Irish accents is a tie-in. <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, so... Carrie Coon from Fargo, Avengers, Infinity War, and Gone Girl. I'm not sure who she is. Look her up while I'm talking. Whilst I'm talking. Um, is going to be playing uh, Finn Wolfhard's mom. That's he, Fargo the TV show, by the way. I figured. I don't know who she was in Infinity War. And I haven't seen Gone Girl. Yeah, she doesn't look familiar to me. Okay, um, so uh, I'll keep losing my train of not train of thought, but my place. Um, how this single mom character and her son will connect to the original Ghostbusters film is being kept under wraps. So yeah, it's going to connect. We just don't know how. So yep. far, there's zero connection except for the Ecto one. Yep. Uh, there are rumblings that Reitman may have been weary. I think I assume that means the junior Reitman. Yeah, not Ivan, but uh, Jason. Is that right? It's Jason or James. I think it's one of the two. Uh, that Reitman may have been weary about using anyone from the Stranger Things cast, given that some similarities between the two properties. Um, but both he and the executives were blown away by Wolf's hard, Wolf, Wolfhard's audition. I mean, yeah, he's a good actor. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, I feel like if you didn't want to cast anybody from Stranger Things, you shouldn't have cast anyone from Stranger Things. Yeah. Stick to your fucking laurels. It's not that fucking hard. <laughs> um, uh, while it's currently unknown who the surviving core of Ghostbusters cast, uh, remaining people are Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd, Ernie Hudson, Sigourney Weaver, Annie Potts, and Rick Moranis. Um, no word on how or when they will return or or if. But it I has. Don't, I don't expect Moranis to return. No, no, he's, he's pretty much done acting. Yeah, he's he's not. I mean, he has said multiple times, over and over and over and over again, that he is retired. Yeah, he has retired from acting. Period. Although I think he did come back and do like a strange brew thing with Dave Thomas. I forget in what capacity, but pretty sure he did. But that's beside the point. Um, Uh, It has been reported that Reitman is looking to cast 14 actors, two boys and two girls, um, in lead roles to tackle the supernatural baddies. The new Ghostbusters is set to come out July 10th of next year. Next year's got a lot of shit going on. It's kind of stacked. I mean, we're so used to hearing about these movies that are are coming out. It's like, oh, yeah, it'll come out in, you know, 10 years. 
and then maybe they never do. Yeah. Or like we forget all about them, and it's <laughs> like, hey, you remember this movie that's coming out? Well, here it is. On Hulu. <laughs> <laughs> um. Anyway. So, uh, I mean, I, I, like we've said before, cautiously optimistic. Yeah. I mean, it, it sounds like it's going to be a passing of the torch kind of thing. Like they want to start a new franchise with these young Ghostbusters. Yeah. Which doesn't really excite me all that much. It The, the teens thing doesn't play well with me. Yeah. Uh, I'd rather see... Kids, 20s. Yeah, kids in their 20s or maybe like fresh out of college or something. Yeah. Um, scientists, you know, like the original Ghostbusters. Yeah, go figure. It'd be nice if like maybe they were like NYU students and like maybe, you know, uh, Ray Stance was... No, he got kicked out of NYU. No, that's Columbia. Maybe he's teaching at NYU and... Um, maybe Venkman's hosting a show about paranormal. Oh, maybe. Or, they did that. <laughs> Um. Yeah, I mean, you know, you could argue that maybe they're just redoing the same movie again, but it'd be interesting to see them get this done by next summer because this is a, a big movie. Yeah, and no doubt it's going to have a lot of effects. I'm sure. I mean, I mean, I hope it's not as bad as the remake because the I mean those effects didn't necessarily look bad; they were just. There was a lot of it, and it looked fucking ridiculous. It looked like a video game. Yeah. Um, it was all neon too. I, I didn't get yeah, that. That was weird. Um. Anyway, but uh, yeah, because I don't know. I guess if they can complete like an Avengers movie in, inside a year, that they could probably do this without any issues. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was like the the wheels were already in motion when they announced it. Like, I think they already had the script in place. They That's already true. had, you know, Reitman was already in place. Yeah. So it was like, by the time they announced it, because they announced it and there was a teaser the next day. It's true. Yeah. So the yeah. wheels were already in motion. They announced it and everybody's just kind of like, yeah, okay, whatever. <laughs> and then, yeah, the, the teaser. It's, when I first saw the teaser, I thought it was just something that somebody made. Yeah, me too. I didn't realize it was like an official thing. So, but um, anyway, so... Uh, it's going to be an interesting year, guys. I mean, I'm sure we're going to start seeing a lot more news about this in the coming months. Um, and your boys, the Grave Pot Podcast, will be right here to keep you uh, keep you up on everything. Abreast. Abreast. <laughs> Boobs. <laughs> All right, so I do have to preface this next story by saying it is a rumor. It is unsubstantiated. I love talking about rumors. But it sounds fucking dope. It's fucking lit, fam. (laughs) Fucking dope, fam. (laughs) Over the last few years, this part is fact. Over the last few years, Universal Orlando has been reacquiring around 1,000 acres of land for their newest park, Fantastic Worlds. Fact. That part is fact. Uh, This will integrate various intellectual properties and that fact fact (laughs) now rumor that could include the universal monsters rumor uh yeah i mean i mean that was always kind of universal studios but whatever but what there were there were no universal monsters at 
Universal Studios though. There was like the the what's it called the um, the little shop, but there was no like rides that were Universal monsters. Oh well, sure. Well, I mean they have there the was mummy. King Kong. Oh yeah, there was Mummy. But that's that's more uh, the Brendan Fraser Mummy. Um, Richard O'Connell. Yeah. Shout out to Pitfall Jones. I don't know what that means. That camera's not on. <laughs> oh, that wasn't actually. That, that wasn't directed at anybody. It was just, I was just pointing. Just heaven. I was pointing to the bleachers, pointing to the cheap seats. <laughs> you know, my cupboards. She'll be there. Uh, so according to a website called Orlando Park Stop, early concept art of what appears to be Dracula's castle and the name Worlds of Universal Classic Monsters have been leaked. They should just turn Hogwarts into Dracula's castle because that would be way better. It's kind of the same thing, yeah. I mean, they look very similar. Right? Yeah, just knock down some of the towers and... Yeah. You know. Yeah. Just take all the Harry Potter world. And just, just get rid of all of it. Just fuck it. It's stupid. <laughs> uh, the, the in ca- truth, the ride that's like actually inside Hogwarts is actually kind of fun. Oh, there's a ride inside it? Yeah. I didn't... I haven't been, I haven't been to Universal Studios in years. Yeah. It's, it's fine. It's a, it's a day trip. Yeah. I don't, have, I don't have any urgency to go back to it like every year. Like, I could go to Disneyland... You know, maybe every couple of years, Universal Studios. I could, I could probably do like way less often. Once every time they open something new, <laughs> right? Uh, the caption on this leaked photo says, "Concept art for one of the many attractions in the Universal Classic Monsters." So the yep. the, the rumors are that there would be rides and attractions ranging from everything from a show of some kind to a walkthrough maze. To a high tech dark ride. I don't know what exactly that means. Just a, just just lights are just dark. I don't know. There's just no lights. Uh, and even a boat ride based on the creature from the Black Lagoon. And it's kind of funny that you used to have a show that was about the Universal monsters, <laughs> and then they got rid of it. And like, ho- like Halloween was always like a big Universal monsters thing, but then they started doing like the Purge. That's a terrible idea. It was terrible. That's it was like, like downgrade. Yeah. Like, when we went there for Halloween Horror Nights, there were guys with fucking chainsaws chasing us around. It's like, get the fuck away from me. <laughs> also, that thing is getting too close, and I'm going to beat your ass if you come any closer. Uh, I mean, it's like it didn't have a chain on it, but it was a real chainsaw, and it was running. Yeah. And just like, I'm going to fucking punch you. Go away. <laughs> I will kick you in the dick. What do you think about the boat ride based on the creature from the Black Lagoon? I mean, could take over the love indubitably ride. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, they should like incorporate it into Jaws and just like have a Jaws versus the Gilman fight. That'd be badass. That would be badass. (laughs) Like have it. Jaws just pops out of the water, and then Gilman pops out behind him and just drags him back under. That'd be dumb. Be fucking lit. Be fucking dumb. (laughs) Uh, Now, before you get too excited about all this, oh, good, because I wasn't. I was just like at my peak right now. <laughs> you were peaking? I was about to peak all over this, <laughs> all over this bitch. Uh, according to Orlando Park Stop, if there were any budget cuts or another better idea comes along, the classic <laughs> monsters world would be the first thing to go. <laughs> like, okay. It's like saying... It's like, all right, kids, well, we'll plan this trip to Disneyland, but if the bills come up, then we're not going to Disneyland. <laughs> if on our way to Disneyland we see something better, 
<laughs> like Legoland, Knott's Berry Farm. Neither of those things are better. No, <laughs> but they're cheaper. <laughs> yeah. I remember when Knott's Berry Farm used to be like the place to go because it was so cheap. And it's really not that cheap anymore. <laughs> like they jacked the prices way the fuck up. And it was cool because there was this point where like I think it was for like a handful of years they did this where like after if you went there after 4 p.m you got like a like 50 percent off or something oh damn yeah it was awesome I remember when i went down there with uh with your cousin and uh and anthony um we went to knott's berry farm because we saw a commercial on tv like oh go to knott's after four and you can get you know whatever off it's like we can do that we can get off <laughs> it's like yeah i'll drive to buena park why not Fucking A. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, I you know, the idea of a Dracula ride and a, a Creature from the Black Green ride, yeah, sounds fucking dope. But I'm also not going to hold my breath. I just don't understand rides. Like like a Dracula ride, what would that entail? Like you just go through his castle and then he's just like, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> <laughs> And you're like, ah! I'd rather like... Like if they like re- recreated like the interiors of the actual Dracula's castle from the original like nineteen thirty two film or whatever it was, um, and just like if you were just like walking around like a like a maze almost. Yeah, I mean you know they do mazes for Halloween Horror Nights, but less. I mean, it, it did say that there was talk of a maze based attraction, right? Which yeah. could be Dracula's castle. Yeah, I see. I I think Dracula's cast, castle would translate castle, Dracula's castle, um, would translate really well to a maze. Yeah, so. for sure, for sure. Dead. All the like uh, like catacombs and stuff. Yes, sir. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Well, we'll see if that ever happens. Universal land of empty promises. <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> Anyway, so we've done it, guys. We've got we've gotten to that's terrible. We have made it to the end. Gotten, gotten. <laughs> well, you never gotten nothing. <laughs> we have r- arrived at the climax. We have arrived. We have climaxed. We have peaked. <laughs> we have come to the end of horror, horror business. business. <laughs> that is to say, horror business is done. Yes. <laughs> Or business is canceled for this. Not canceled. It's it's not canceled. That's just something people say. <laughs> so we're going to move right along into talking about our film reviews. I want to do it so bad. Footloose and fancy free. God damn it. <laughs> My brain, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> All right, all you lads and la- ladettes. <laughs> that's ladettes. a thing, right? No, lassies. Yeah, I know. I don't. I think. I think that's more of a Scottish thing. Lassies. I don't know. I, I, I don't. I don't know Irish or Scottish. It's more of a collie thing. I'm both, so I can do. Th- I can do things. <laughs> I can say those things if I want. That, those are my words. <laughs> anyway, but as we said at the top of the show. This is our salute to Irish cinema. Um, and uh, so we have brought to you 
a couple films from Irish directors. Um, that's about it. I mean, like one of them takes place in Ireland. Both are presented by the Irish Film Board. It's true. Um, but one takes place in Ireland, the other doesn't. But you wouldn't know it. Neither one has Irish casts. Well, semi-Irish casts, but like the main actors aren't Irish. I don't understand. Whatever. <laughs> anyway, so let's go ahead and get started with that. Taylor, which one do you want to uh, lead off with? Oh, let's start with Let Us Pray. From midnight... And the wicked must pay for their sins. It's me who comes to collect. According to our records, you are one Alexander Monroe, and you died in 1983, aged 79. I see you looking well, Al. No wallet, no ID, no phone, no keys. Just this book. Where is he? He knows. Knows what? Everything. Why did Dr. Hume attack you? Because the clock is ticking. Midnight is approaching. He said you know. Know what exactly? That the price of our sins is paid for in blood. I didn't even see her. I could eat whole family. Bastards. Every last one. So who's first? It says we're all here for a reason. Things we've done. The bills we have to pay. How does he know? Go to hell. Why bother? All the devils are here. Just tell me who you are. You know who I am. Help! All I want from them is their souls. You, though, I want so much more. By the wrath of the Lord Almighty, the land will be scorched. Amen. Is it with this fucking town? All right, so Let Us Pray takes place apparently in Scotland. <laughs> Unbeknownst to us. <laughs> uh, I don't think it says anywhere in the movie. I don't I certainly didn't notice. Yeah, I mean so I mean the lead actress is Pollyanna McIntosh from The Woman and Walking Dead. Um what else she been in? I don't know things stuff i thought she was irish she's scottish and so there's that i don't know but like i said this is presented by the irish film board directed by brian o'malley yeah definitely an irish director yeah produced by eddie dick (laughs) wait really (laughs) that's a real name and not a porn name (laughs) um so this takes place like in, uh, in a remote village at a police station. Although at the beginning we see this kid, probably late teens, early twenties. 
He's driving along. He's driving along. All of a sudden, there's a man on the road. Tries to stop. Can't stop. Won't stop. <laughs> so Pollyanna McIntosh pulls him over. Her name's Higgy. Um, Constable Higgy. It's, is it Higgy or Heggy? Uh, yes. It doesn't matter. Heg Heggy. Okay. So she pulls him over and she's like, hey, you hit that guy. And he's like, habeas corpus, bitch. Because <laughs> the guy that he hit is gone. Nowhere to be found. It's like Kaiser Sosade. <gasps> yeah. It's gone. Just disappeared. But there's blood yeah, on Kevin Spacey. Ew. <laughs> But there's blood on the guy's headlight. So she's like, well, clearly he hit this guy. He's somewhere he's hurt. So I'm taking you in. And I'm just going to leave your car here. <laughs> in the middle of the road. <laughs> yeah. Not that, like it's evidence or anything. Yeah. So she takes him back to the station, which is this whopping four-person station. Four employee. The only person there is the sergeant, uh, McCready. Thank you. Uh, who played by Kurt Russell? By Kurt Russell, the thing. Oh, McCready. <laughs> I thought you were saying he looks like Kurt Russell. And I was like, this guy doesn't look anything like Kurt no, Russell. He, he kind of looks, looks like a emaciated Dolph Lundgren. Say so he looks like Bill Oberst Jr. He does look like Bill Oberst Jr. You're right. I actually thought that while watching it, and I forgot that I thought that. Yep. <laughs> Good. I'm glad <laughs> I can remind you. <laughs> if he was Irish, he'd be, be Bill Oberst. <laughs> right. <laughs> With an apostrophe. Maybe Billy O'Burst. <laughs> Billy O'Burst. Um, <laughs> this is going so well. We're idiots. <laughs> but so McCready's like, oh yeah, we know this guy. He comes in here all the time. Oh yeah. <laughs> he he's a regular. He's a frequent flyer. I think he calls him. Says he's he's always getting in trouble. So you know, put him in his dungaroos and send him down to cell block four. So she takes him down, locks him up. There's another person in another cell named uh, Mr. Besick, who I guess is Caesar's teacher. I don't know if I said this kid's name is Caesar. Should I say that? I don't think so. Okay, well, the kid's name is Caesar. It's not his real name, but that's what he wants to be called, apparently. Yep. And so his teacher is locked up for beating up his wife. Right. The teacher acts kind of like Hannibal Lectory at first. Kind of, yeah. Like I think he acts like yeah like a like some sinister mystery man yeah but he's really just a fucking he's high really just teacher. a wife beater. <laughs> but so meanwhile, the other two patrol constables, they're off fucking Marnie and Warnock. Right, they're banging in their patrol car, and they bang 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 bang, and they they get the call. Saying, hey, look out for this guy. He's got a beard. He's probably injured. Oh, a beard in Ireland. Good. <laughs> He's probably drunk. <laughs> it's Scotland, though. Oh, right. Well, still. Uh, whatever. My stereotype holds true still. <laughs> but so though, they end up finding him. They bring him in. And he's just stoic. He won't speak, won't talk to anybody. He just sits there and they're like, well, he's clearly injured. He's probably in shock. Call Dr. Hume. Is catatonic what you meant? What'd I say? Stoic. I mean, he's kind of stoic, but... Yeah. Go ahead. 
I meant what I said. Okay. But yeah, I guess catatonic is more accurate if you want to be a dick about it. <laughs> I'm just helping you out. Help me help you. I'm just trying to help you out, bitch. Put your howling damn ass back in that bitchin' damn room, damn it. Meatwad. Um, yeah, so the doctor comes. He's checking out the guy. The only thing he has on his person is this book of names. He doesn't have an ID. He doesn't have a wallet. But they're like, so any one of these names could be his. It's like the Green Arrow. Sure. Which got canceled. I'm so sad. Womp womp. I'm fucking really bummed about it. Anyway. Anyway. Uh, All of a sudden, the doctor has this flashback, and he's like, fuck this guy. He knows. He takes the scissors. He's about to stab this guy with some scissors. So they take the doctor, they haul him down, put him in the in the cell, take the homeless guy or whatever he is, they, they lock him up for vagrancy, put him in cell six. Not a coincidence. Yeah, I got as, it. as soon as they put him in cell six, I was like, well, that's very foreboding. Right. <laughs> and this guy, he he finally starts talking, but he at first he kind of talks in, in riddles. Mm-hmm. Because the the doctor says something about it being a one horse town, and he's like, "And a pale horse it is," or something like that. Right. By the way, like all the cops in this precinct, except for Haggy, 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 um, uh, they're all fuckers. Like the the captain or sergeant, whoever he is, um, and then these two uh, PCs. Is that the name? Yeah. Um, and. Uh, yeah, they're, they're all just fucks. Like, they're, they're, I mean, Haggy's, she's new to, I don't know if she's like new to the, the, the police force or just this precinct, um, but they are, they're all very. Well, they call her a rookie, so I think she's new to the force. It, it's kind of what I got. That's what I gathered, but I wasn't sure. Um, but they, they, they're very like rude to her for no real reason. Yeah. Just because she's the new one and so fuck her. Yeah, they're all very. They're they're dicks. Yeah, and she's like she's very by the book, um, and the rest of them are just they're like, kind of like you know oh this is a small village we don't really need to yeah you know the greater good. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say it's kind of like hot fuzz except not funny. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, even the uh, sergeant is he's just an asshole for no apparent reason. Just like oh right, me Haggy whatever, whatever. I don't know what her last name is. Oh, her, her last name is Haggy. I was going to say, Haggy. Like, all right, Haggy, you know, just fuck off and, and do your job. Leave me alone. Yeah. That kind of thing. So it's just like you you already hate pretty much all these people, like right off the bat. Pretty much, yeah. But so Sergeant McCready, he tells uh, Mundy and uh, Warnock, because they, they couldn't get a hold of Dr. Hume's family. Mm-hmm. And so he's like, all right, well, go to his house. You know, make sure his wife knows that he's in lockup and he's going to spend the night here. So they take off. He's like, I got some other errands I got to run. I got shit I got to take care of. So, Heggy, you're on your own. You know, you got the four people down there in lockup. Just don't let them out and you'll be fine. All right. So, meanwhile, down there in the lockup, uh, Caesar, he's drawing on the floor with his fingernail just like carving things into the ground for whatever reason i knew that was gonna end bad <laughs> and the new guy who 
Wikipedia refers to him as six. They, they don't ever call him that. It's, he's just in cell six. Yeah, he, he's yeah he's the guy in cell six. Or yeah. The guy in six. So He's not like a character from Blossom. <laughs> what? Six. Her best friend was named Six. Oh, all right. You, I, never, you never watched Blossom? Yeah, when it was new. <laughs> not since. And you don't remember Six? No. There's three main characters that everybody remembers. Blossom, Joey, and Six. I remember Joey. Whoa. Joey's awesome. Everybody remembers Joey. <laughs> uh, anyways. <laughs> Back on topic. We cannot stay on topic I didn't, know we were, today. I didn't know if we were going to make a Blossom reference on the show. That's not what I would have guessed. <laughs> But this guy's the the man in cell six. He starts just kind of fucking with everybody's head, and he basically he starts asking Bessick. He's like, "Why are why are you beating up your wife?" And so he starts yelling at Caesar. He's like, "There's one of you know, there's shits like you, and I got to stand in front of these kids and embarrass myself and all these little fuckers. They don't care." And the man in cell six, he's like, "But but seriously, why are you beating your wife?" And he just keeps talking about how much the kids suck. So he's like, "All right, well, fine, have it your way." And then Bessick just starts slamming his face against the bars just over and over and over again until he loses consciousness. And he keep, Six keeps doing these things with, with matchsticks. Yeah, I don't fully understand what the point of that was. He, he, he like, I forget what he turned into a bo- book, like a box of matches. He had something in his hands and he like turned it into a box of matches. Yeah. And it only had a few matches in it, which kind of comes into play. Not not blatantly, but it comes into play as the movie progresses. But he's always doing something with the matches. Like yeah. every time he's talking to one of these people, like in Bessick's case, I mean, do you want to explain this or go for it? Okay. Well, he lights the match and he's like, "Why are you beating your wife?" And as he lights the match, you can see this shadow in Bessick's cell up against the wall of his hand, like reaching across and starts to wrap around Bessick's face. Um. And so it's yeah, it's just this weird, like supernatural ish stuff. Yeah. But so there's some kind of buzzer in the cell that they the just like uh, a panic button. Yeah. And so Caesar starts ringing it. Heggy comes down, sees Bessick just a bloody mess, drags him out of a cell. Hume is like, "I can save him if you let me out," because mm-hmm. he's a doctor. He doesn't have any of his tools or anything with him, but apparently he can just do CPR. Yeah. Which I would think a police officer would be CPR trained, but one would think. I mean, this is Scotland. That's true. Maybe they have lower standards there. <laughs> Maybe it's like it's a third world country or something. Yeah. <laughs> so she lets Bessick out, or she lets <clears throat> Hume out. Hume tries CPR and says, "You know, no, he's he's gone." So they drag his. Body. He does that doctor thing where he's just like a like a very subtle shake of the head. Yeah, just no, no, he's, he's gone. <laughs> Deadsies. <laughs> he's Deadwood. <laughs> So they drag him upstairs. <laughs> what was that middle one? <laughs> Deadsies? <laughs> and while they're up there, they get a call from Mundy and Warnock saying, yo, Hume fucking killed his whole family. He strung up his wife. He cut the tops off his kids' heads off. That was fucked. That was royally fucked. <laughs> and so Hume's like, well, now I got to kill you. So her and Hume fight. She doesn't have a gun for whatever reason. They don't in the UK. Really? Yeah. Oh. They they carry a night stack, night six and like walkie talkies and whistles. And that's pretty much it. And mace. And mace. Yeah. Okay, well that 
that explains that, I guess. Yeah. So she cracks him upside the head with her nightstick, drags him back downstairs, throws him in the cell. Uh, meanwhile, Six and Caesar, he, Six is telling him, you know, I, I know what you did, and there's still time. Last summer. <laughs> like the movie. He's like, there's still time to correct it. And Caesar's like, nah. <laughs> nah, that ain't me. <laughs> Uh, so Warnock and Mundy come back and they're like, you know, Hume is fucked. He's a, a twisted motherfucker. I just want to cut in and say throughout the movie, like pretty much the entire time six has been in here. Uh, he keeps talking to Haggy, uh, like asking him or asking her to tell him about herself and just explain things, why she, f- like why she does certain things and, you know, kind of what her backstory is. And, you know, he's just like basically making implications that like all these other people are basically surrounded in, in, in sin and fault. And like, you know, kind of what, what's your sin? You know, what, what's your story? Tell me about your big butt. Merci, <laughs> <laughs> Um, And there's also like this constant uh, um, reference to Midnight. Something, something's happening. Yeah, he's at always midnight. saying like the midnight hour is coming. Yeah, and they they always fo- go back focus on this clock that's just constantly ticking away to uh, to midnight or hour twenty four. It's so it's so weird to me that people in the UK track twenty four clocks rather than twelve hour clocks like we do. Well, like everybody does military time, as far as I can tell. Yeah, I mean I've never been there, obviously. But uh, I just figured since it was a police station, they were using military time. But yeah, and I mean, yeah. And every time someone touches six or gets like really near six, they have these flashbacks mm-hmm. to, like you said, these sins or whatever it is that they're hiding. It's not it's not explicitly clear what they're seeing. No, it's usually something really quick or kind of obscured. Yeah. But uh, you come to learn that Mundy and Warnock killed a guy in who was in custody, made it look like a suicide. You just killed a guy. <laughs> Brick killed a guy. <laughs> and when they get back, Warnock starts, he's losing his mind because he has kids. And so seeing these kids who are just tortured, slaughtered. And, yeah. It just like sets him off. So they pull Hume out, take him into the interrogation room and just flip the table over and then shove him face first into the table and just impale him in the face. Right. In the face. <laughs> Did you talk about the sergeant? How he just booked it out of there? I just talked about him leaving. I haven't gotten to did you, okay. what he did. Okay. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I was kind of saving that towards the end. I could I couldn't remember if you'd mentioned that he had just had this interaction with Six and then took off took the fuck off. Yeah, he was basically just like, I got stuff I gotta take care of. But so Hagee <laughs> I got shit to do. <laughs> Hagee sees them kill Hume and she's like, Well, I'm gonna tell on you because <laughs> this is fucked up. And they're like, well, you're the one that got in a fight with him. So maybe you're the one that killed him. Yep. And she's like, oh, so he had an accident. <laughs> she's like, oh, <laughs> oh, <okay>. no. <laughs> I see. Uh, so meanwhile, while all this is going on, McCready has gone home to hide the body in his fridge. <laughs> At least one. At least one body. Oh, yeah. There's there's many parts all yeah. in pieces. 
And so, yeah, he hides them. And then he goes and finds the other body in his bedroom of his boyfriend, who he apparently killed in a jealous fit of rage. Was that what it was? I, I guess so. I mean, I, I only... So they showed this scene where he is dancing around in his underwear. Uh, yeah, like for this other guy. Yeah, and then he gets on top of him, and you think, okay, well, now there's going to be this weird straddling wrestling thing. <laughs> and then uh, then he starts fucking working this guy over. Yeah, just mercilessly punching him right in the mouth. Yeah. It's like, you know, the kind of punching where, like, when you get like really angry at somebody, it's like, man, I just want to fucking punch them. That that kind of punch. Yeah, but he's screaming. He's like, you know, who who is he? He's a jealous boyfriend. Come back or something like that. During the flashback, yeah, like while while he's punching the guy. Oh, I guess I must have missed that part. Yeah, I I don't know who he was talking about, but he was like, who is he? Is he an ex boyfriend or whatever? And yeah, I know he he did that when he went back to the house to clean up the mess. But I don't know, whatever, whatever. So, That's super important. Yeah, basically <laughs> the guy's pretty much dead anyway. Basically, so. McCready has a lot of skeletons in his closet, and he's also in there as well. Right. I see what he did. Yeah. <laughs> um. So he comes flying in, shirts off, covered in blood and barbed wire. <laughs> With a fucking shotgun, just spouting Bible verses, mm-hmm. and he's just going biblical on him. He's just firing off rounds into everybody. Yep. Uh, <laughs> fucking going, to, like pouring gas everywhere. Yeah, or or, or petrol. Yeah, petrol. <laughs> uh, blows um, McCreed or uh, God, I can't remember any of these names. Warnock. Blows his face off. So Heggy and Mundy, they run into the cells. And Mundy's like, there's no way out of here. Like, <laughs> you've just trapped us, you stupid idiot. <laughs> it's like, there's no back door? Nope. She's like, no access to the roof? Nope. Well, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> but so they decide they're going to... Them and Caesar and Six, they're all going to just run out of there. But Six is like, nah, I'm I'm a chill. Yeah. Did, was it at this point or before it when he starts kind of revealing who he is? Uh, it was at this point. Okay. Yeah, because he starts talking about, <clears throat> he's like, I can, I can make all this stop. Just say the word. And Hagee's like, no, we're, we're going to leave. We're going to get out of here. And he's like, all right. Well, you know, I was once told that sin is old as time and I didn't believe it, but I lost a bet with a friend and was kicked out and, you know, now I'm down here. And you kind of go, oh. Yeah. He's, he's the devil. He's yeah. the devil. He's, he's, he's Satan. See, at first I thought he was the angel of death. That's kind of how it played out at first, yeah. But then as soon as he said the thing about losing a bet and getting kicked out, I was like, oh, he's Satan himself. Yeah. And it was weird that he was like, kind of telling Caesar he was like you know if you confess you'll be saved which seemed like a very unsatanly thing to do well i mean you know repentant sin then but you would think that the devil would not encourage such a thing he'd be like no don't tell anybody <laughs> i mean i guess i figured that satan might be a sporting fellow <laughs> <laughs> i mean if santa's sleigh taught us anything <laughs> sure 
I mean, you know, he they say he's the, like the ultimate deceiver, but even still. Yeah, well, he does get Caesar to confess, but he's two minutes too late. The girl has already died. Oh, Caesar hit another girl. <laughs> I guess we forgot oh, to right. mention that. <laughs> that was the blood on his headlight was he had hit somebody else earlier in the night. Yeah, and when he actually and left he, her to die. When he hit six earlier in the movie and Heggie runs up and she's just like, where the fuck's the body? He gets out of his car and he like right away says, not again. Yeah. So it's like, wait. And then they never say anything. Yeah. It's like, well, let's go back to that. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, so yeah, the um, McCready has you know, lit the gas. The whole place is burning. So they get some blankets, cover them in water, and they start running out. Yeah, they're just like, we're just going to go. Some of, One of us has got to get out. Yeah. Uh, it's not Caesar. He gets shot and then gets his face buffered off with a shoe buffer and then shot again just for good measure. <laughs> uh, it's not Mundy who tries to jump out a window steps on a rolly chair, has the chair roll out from underneath her, and then just has glass shards in her throat, which McCready then exacerbates with the butt of his shotgun. But it That's is... like a Final Destination type thing. Yeah, it really was. <laughs> but it is Heggy who manages to... She takes the gas can, throws it at McCready, who for some reason shoots it out of midair, Dumb shit. blowing himself up. This is this is after she takes a buckshot in the back in the, sh- yeah, back in the shoulder. Yeah. And then she takes the battering ram and just smashes his face in. Right. And so then she runs out and she's crying and freaking out. She's crying. And crying. Just crying and crying. She's so sad. She's, <laughs> they're so dead. <laughs> and then Six just like casually strolls out and he's like crossing. What's up? What's up, girl? He starts crossing his names out of his book and he's like, you know, I, I came for their sins. I came for their souls. He's like, but you, you're different. And they explain through flashbacks that she was kidnapped as a child, was able to escape thanks to Six, who made it, who distracted her kidnapper, but she never told anyone. And that mm-hmm. was like her big sin, her big secret. And he was like, you're different, you're strong, and I want you to be my partner. He basically says she, he wants her to be the angel of death. And she'll go and she'll kill all the bad guys and he'll take their souls down to hell. Right. And he's like, just just say the word. And she's like, yes. And they're like, sealed with a kiss. And then it's over. Story. Story done. Yep. Fucking sirens. Yeah. Not too bad. It was pretty good. Yeah. It was definitely not what I expected. How so? Well, I mean, I didn't know much about this movie. I, I basically knew McCready's story. Okay. So I didn't know there was a supernatural element to it. Mm-hmm. I, I I knew literally nothing about this. I knew it existed, but like as far as the story or, or whatever, I, I knew nothing about it. Yeah. Um, so I went into this with completely fresh eyes, I guess. Um, and uh, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't too bad. And it's funny because like as I'm watching it, I'm getting all these different movies flashing through my mind. Um, like I said, there's parts that remind me of Hot Fuzz. <laughs> uh, Last Shift, I got a little bit of. Yes, definitely. Um, Deliver Us from Evil, I got a little bit of. Oh, God. The, the Joel McHale. Um, oh, with uh, Eric Bana. Ben- <laughs> right. God, I forgot that existed. <laughs> I think how you went to Joel McHale. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he was the star. Yeah. Let's be honest. He's. I mean, he's the star in everything. He's the star in my heart. 
I've probably told you this a million times before, but I saw him in Pike Place Market once. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Like, it was, this is when I... Were you like, winger? <laughs> I think this was actually before Community. Oh, wow. This uh, is like the soup days? I think, like, right after the soup. Like, when he... Like, maybe he was just just about done with it, or maybe he had just finished. Um, yeah, I was, I was still working down there, and I uh, was crossing the street, and I saw this guy... Like, yeah, that guy looks like Joe McHale. And I like kind of did a double take. I'm like, that's definitely Joe McHale. <laughs> but it's like it's like one of those moments where you want to say something, but it's like, nah, he probably doesn't want people blowing him up right now. Yeah. So anyway, that's my story. Yeah. Um, the effects are pretty good. There's just <laughs> talk about Joe McHale. He's not even <laughs> fucking in this. <laughs> There's a lot of blood. Yeah, there was, uh, which I appreciated. There's a Fair amount of gore. A lot of the things kind of happen off screen, though. Yeah. I mean, you know, when fucking the doctor, I can't remember his name. Hume. Hume. When he gets his head impaled. That was that was done, like, on screen, and it looked pretty sweet. Yeah, that was pretty gruesome. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, just, like, not necessarily, like, you know, people getting dismembered or, you know, hacked apart, but, like, just the gore that existed. Yeah, but you see, like, the effects of it. You don't necessarily see the action happen. Like, when Caesar gets his face buffed, you just see the back of his head being Mm -hmm. held against the buffer, but then when he turns around, he's got, like, this Chelsea smile almost. Right. And then, you know, the body parts in uh, McCready's house, like, you know, he's storing this head in his fridge, and Mm -hmm. that was pretty grim. And, like, like, you see the kids with their... Tops of their heads cut yeah, off that and their was, brains exposed. That was rough. They say that his wife was like flayed open, but you don't really see that. You just, you see her feet dangling like she's hung. Was that his wife? I thought it was his daughter. Oh, I don't know, actually. Because I just, I noticed that it was wearing like a nightgown and like little bobby socks and it had like hair on the legs, which all those parts together was indicative to me of a little girl. Could be. I guess I just, they talked about his wife, so I guess that just was what was in my head, but yeah. Either way. Either way, you just see the feet and the like blood dripping off the feet. Mm-hmm. You don't actually see what happened to her, but Yeah. But yeah, like the the um uh, uh, the effects that are on screen look really good. Yeah, it was and uh I mean the movie was well composed. I mean I don't have any real recollection of like pacing issues. Um I think uh sometimes it was a little too dark. Like, I mean, you know, with this kind of movie, you want to keep things dim and ominous, but, you know, there's parts that, like, you're doing things on screen, and like I can't see... tonally, or, like, the, the lighting itself? The lighting. Okay. It's like, you're doing things on screen, and I know it's, like, in, well, it's visually important, but I can't see what the fuck's going on. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm just... I don't know. Like, as I get older and my eyesight gets worse, <laughs> I just, like, I hate it when things are too dark. Like, I, I understand when things are intentionally dark, but yeah. when... When it seems like it was done unintentionally, like something like that, it's just like, come on, help me out. But, and I mean, you've got this great mystery with six that kind of unravels in, in, you know, the, the timing of it is done well. I feel like it's not, they don't give it away too early and they also don't wait too long. They kind of peel back the onion, as it were. Yeah. I mean, I was kind of suspect of him right, right from the start. I didn't think Angel of Death. I just I immediately thought, they use the devil. Mm. Um, and, uh, but I mean, like, even though I had that in my head pretty much the entire movie, 
Um, and it kind of became more obvious as, it, as things progressed. Um, I, uh, it, you know, at the reveal, it wasn't like, okay, well, yeah, I knew the whole time. She's like, oh, okay, that's a, that's a good reveal. The way that they didn't like, he didn't say like, oh, I'm the devil. <laughs> I'm the devil. <laughs> <laughs> he just kind of like, you know, if you, if you know your most rudimentary uh, religious stories that, you know, Lucifer fell from heaven. Yeah. It's kind of, that's implied and it's like you, you get it. Uh, so it's not like heavy handed. Um, and even if you really knew it was going, already knew it was going on, it's still kind of like an interesting way to, to reveal things. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, it's not, it's not like he, they went as far to say, oh yeah, there was, I, you know, I tried to, uh, go to war against my friend and I lost. And then he, you know, kicked me out of paradise. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, I lost a, lost a fight with my friend and, and then I was kicked out. It's like, okay, I get it. Yeah, like I'm not a religious person. I wasn't raised religious. I know very little about, you know, the stories of the Bible, but I know that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think everybody does. Yeah. I got it right away. Um, and it's so funny because like you think six is like the the main protagonist and he's, you know, the the big villain. And then McCready just goes off the fucking reservation. Yeah. Quick too. Yeah. Like it didn't take much. <laughs> it was interesting to me though that everyone in this little police uh, precinct was fucked. Like, everybody was just a monster. Yeah. Which, you know, kind of... Six kind of implies that they were all destined to be there. Mm -hmm. Like, this was written. It was all intended for them all to be there under that roof at that time. Yeah. Um, I never quite understood what the midnight thing was. Was that just... I think it was just that's when he was taking the souls. Okay. That that was cool. When, you know, they're all lying in this precinct dead. The building's burning down. But as midnight strikes, this black goo. Yeah, it almost looked like venom or something. Yeah. Uh, just wraps around their faces and never actually like pulls them into like some void or yeah, anything. Yeah, you don't really see what happens after that. But But yeah, you figure that's just, you know, hell coming to take its due i guess yeah anyway yeah uh, all in all i think it was very well constructed it was uh, i mean acting was really good um you know pollyanna mcintosh in general she kind of bugs me i know that and i don't i don't really know why something about her just irks me but in this i actually didn't really mind her like she was she was fine maybe it's because she wasn't playing a fucking weirdo for a change <laughs> um but uh, guy who played six. He's in he's in Game of Thrones, or at least was. Um, and he looked really familiar. I don't watch Game of Thrones. Liam Cunningham. Yeah, and I I know him from something, but I I couldn't tell you what it was. Um, but he uh, he did really well. Like he didn't say much, but it's also like he didn't have to. Yeah, and his delivery is so like deliberate. Yeah. He doesn't, it's not like, you know, overly ominous. Yeah. But it's 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 so deliberate that he just like he knows everything he's saying and it's like he chooses his words wisely and it's not something, you know, he's not I don't know what I'm trying to say. Especially when he walks out of the precinct at the end. Yeah. Just walks out of this burning building like casually and just, you know, sits down, does he light a cigarette or finish a cigarette? I think I think, cigarette? I think he walks out smoking a cigarette. And he's kind of like, "Yep. Well, that's what I came for. 
Susan. There we go. Okay. Um, anyway. Yeah, I mean, no real complaints about this. Other other than, you know, it, it like I said, being kind of dark. Um, it, the, the flashbacks, like, in the end, you kind of realize what they're what they were, mm-hmm. but at the time, it's just like I don't know what the hell I'm looking at here. Yeah, I don't know why it's important. So I wish those were those had been a little more, I don't know, clear. I guess. But if they were, I feel like it would have given away too much. Maybe. I mean, you don't have to like necessarily give away. It's like, oh yeah, McCready. Yeah, he's got dead bodies in his fridge. Yeah, but I don't know. Yeah, whatever. So. Yeah, not a lot of complaints from me. Cool. Um, I'll give it an eight. Yeah, I'm. You know, I was going back and forth between seven and eight, but you know, as we talked out, I, you know, I'm thinking that I don't really have a lot to complain about, and I think that the movie flowed really well. I think the the mysteries of it. Because there's there's different mysteries. You know, you basically have a mystery of every character, mm-hmm. and they all kind of play out in time and then kind of all weave together. And the way it's done is really in time, in time, the way it's done is really good. Um, so yeah, I'll give it an eight too. Cool. All right. So next up got a, let's see, this was 2014, right? They're both 2014. Yeah. That's interesting. So another 2014 movie directed by, uh, directed and written by Ivan Kavanaugh. It's the canal. Sophie. Lily, can you hear me? Lily, is Sophie back in the room with you? All right, the canal, like I said, it's a 2014 movie. Um, it's uh, let's see, Ivan Kavanaugh. It doesn't seem like an Irish name to me. Kavanaugh? That's pretty Irish, is it? Yeah. All right. Well, okay, Irish. Okay, Ivan Kavanaugh, who's it's an Irish and drunk frat boy. <laughs> I see you did there. 
Um, <laughs> attempted rapist. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, 2014 Irish film, uh, f- actually filmed in Dublin, uh, or at least in and around Dublin. I tried to, my wife's, you know, she did, um, a quarter or a semester abroad in Ireland uh, when she was in college. In Cork, uh, right? Yeah. Um, And uh, she didn't spend a lot of time in Dublin. She said it's basically like Seattle. It's just a metropolitan city. A lot of, it's too crowded. People are annoying. (laughs) Um, So I was trying to ask her things about Dublin. Because, you know, the movie's called The Canal. And I'm like, is there just like a singular canal in Dublin or... Or there several? She's like, I don't really know. Okay. Good. You're my Ireland expert. Come on. <laughs> what am I paying you for? Yeah, between the two of us, one of us has been to Ireland, and it's not me. <laughs> anyway. Um, so, movie centers around David, played by Rupert Evans, um, who you'd know from, I guess, probably Hellboy. Um, the original Hellboys. Uh, and... Um, when they were running the credits, it said Rupert Everett. So I'm like, oh, cool. I realized I was thinking of Rupert Everett. Everett. <laughs> um, he looks so different. Uh, so, yeah, David, or he plays David, um, who is a film archivist. Archivist, as they say. <laughs> In Irish. Um, he works for the... Uh, shit. Uh, National Archive, that's what it was. Um, and, uh, it starts out when he, he's moving into a house or I guess viewing a house, um, with his wife, Alice, um, she, she was pregnant, right? Yep. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, there's kind of like, oh, he, he's been there to see the house already and he wants her to, to view it kind of on her own. She's kind of like, oh, I love it. Blah, 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 blah. You know, house viewing goes, <laughs> you've been there. Um, and uh, and they're all like, mm, 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 mm. <laughs> kissy, 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 love me, love me. <laughs> um, and uh, so it's it's kind of implied that they decide they want to live in the house, and then it jumps forward five years. Um, they've been living in this house now, and um, they have a son who is obviously five years old. Um, and um, I don't know, things like on the surface seem like they're okay. But as you kind of start to pick away at it, you realize that their relationship has gotten kind of sour. Um, doesn't really doesn't really explain why. Um, but they, I don't know. They've they've seemed to have kind of grown distant of each other. Yeah. Um, Alice has been working a lot of late nights, so you know he's growing concerned with that um, that he doesn't really see much of her. Um, and. Uh, so, um, she has, she, God, what does she do? Does it ever actually say what she does for a living? Uh, you know, I don't think so. I don't know. She's, she's a business person. She's very, she does very, very important, important business, business things. <laughs> um, she, like, they go to a, a work event for her. Like it's a, I don't know, like a party. A ball. A, yeah. It's very formal. Yeah. Um, and, uh, her boss i guess comes by and you know can i steal her for a second and you know an undetermined amount of time passes and you kind of see that david has started drinking 
Um, and he maybe has had a few too many. Um, because he's getting that, that, that dirty drunk face on his <laughs> or look on his face. Um, and uh, he's looking across gin and tonics. D, you bitch. <laughs> I hate gin. Uh, uh, he's looking across the room at his wife, who's talking to this guy with a fucking man bun in a five o'clock shadow named he, Alex. <laughs> he doesn't even listen. <laughs> And you know he's he's getting a little too handsy. He's like touching her shoulder, and you know they're standing very close to each other. And she kind of looks over her shoulder and sees that he's looking right at her. And so that's when she kind of breaks off the conversation. So you get the impression that he's suspicious of her cheating on him. Um, and we kind of jump back and forth between that and uh, him at work. His uh, his assistant Claire Claire. I want to say Penny for some reason. That's not even close. It's not close at all. <laughs> Claire uh, says, okay, well, I've got these new films that we need to review so we can archive them. <laughs> Whatever You know what we do here. <laughs> Whatever the fuck they do. So he's got like this theater, this like viewing room where he's the only one in there. I don't understand the point. Like, why is there this big theater room? Well, they probably needed to use that camera because it's, you know, old, timey, reel-to-reel. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, anyway, he's sitting in this dark theater and like it's he's reviewing their crime scene. Uh, it's a, it's a crime scene reel from 1902. Um, it's surprisingly good clarity for yeah, 1902. No <laughs> it's like it's like one of those cameras that you had to like crank it to to run it. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, anyway, so he's sitting there watching it, and it's like all these crime scene not photos, but you know, a crime scene footage. Video, footage. Um, uh, and you see like this bloody nightgown and a dead body and a man being walked out of a house that looks strikingly familiar. Yeah. And he realizes, hey, that's my house. Well, because it starts off and it shows the street sign. He's like, oh, that's my street. Yeah. And then, yeah, as they're uh, leading the guy away, he's like, that's my house. Mm-hmm. Um, so you find out like as kind of the story unfolds that this guy um, was suspicious of his wife cheating on him which I guess she actually was. Um, so he brutally murdered her and the nanny. <laughs> and uh, the kids. And the kids. Uh, just slaughtered his entire family. Um, was his name in it or was I it even consequential? So. I don't think they ever said. Okay. The scene where they show him stab the, the wife. That's brutal. That is very brutal. And it's not especially bloody, but just like the knife. Like, like the knife goes into her throat. Yeah. I mean... It doesn't. It obviously doesn't go into her throat, but visually, it goes into her throat. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's harsh. Very. It was like the the wounds looked very legitimate. Yeah, and just like her reaction, just like this mixture of shock and like fear and pain and yeah, death. <laughs> it's not like this overplayed like. Agonizing. Oh, you're killing me! <laughs> exactly. She's just like you're <gasps> stabbing me in the throat. <laughs> Ooh, ah. um so yeah i mean he he's he's just going over these archives and you know he starts to become obsessive about it um meanwhile uh he you know they're sending their son off to off to school um uh billy 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 d williams (laughs) bill Oh, Billy. 
Um, so uh, they're sending him off to school, and you know he's getting ready to leave for work himself, and he, you know, he's saying goodbye to her, to Alice, and he says, you know what? Why don't you come straight home today? Like, don't don't work late. Just come home. And she's like, why? Like, and he, he's just kind of speechless, and I guess I would be too. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I just want you to come home. Why do I need to explain Because me and your that? son want to spend time with yeah. you. And she's like, I promise I won't be home too late. And then um, yeah, I guess instead of going to work, he follows her. Um, I guess, is it her office? I mean, he must be sitting like in a, in a coffee shop across the street from her office, I assume. And Mr. Man Bun, sure Alex. enough. Alex. Alex. <laughs> comes up and they walk off together. Um, and he must be tailing them for the entire day because jump- it gets dark very quick. Right. And um, they're walking ac- along probably the titular canal. <laughs> And uh, go into what is assumed to be his place. And that's when he... Which looks like it's in the middle of a renovation. Yeah, I guess. Um, Unless they were just like, hey, let's go in this abandoned building. Right. Um, but he's just like, okay, I've seen enough. And, and Oh, no, sorry. He gets a call from his son's school. And he's like, oh, shit. I didn't pick my son up. Yeah. So he, he goes, picks the, son, the kid up and... Um, He's he's just sitting at home, just just dwelling on this, and so he goes back to Alex's place, and this time he goes in and catches his wife just getting railed real hard and loving it. <laughs> loving I feel it. that like that makes it so much worse. Oh yeah, it's like not even a sign of guilt on her face, just no. heat of passion, bliss. Yeah. Um. So he runs out. He he runs back out into the, the street. And well, first he grabs a hammer. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, I'm going to hammer this guy in the ass so hard until he's <laughs> di- dead from getting hammered in the ass. <laughs> um, but instead he leaves and throws the hammer in yeah, the he canal. Yeah, thinks, he thinks better of it. Yeah. Um, but that's when he throws up and uh, and he, he ducks into this public bathroom. The most disgusting public bathroom in existence, right? And it's in such a weird place too. It's like the, it's almost like the canal is just lined by them. I mean, maybe it is. Which makes you like, is this like a sewage canal? Or are they just, <laughs> yeah, they just right? dumping the toilets in this canal? Um, I mean, it is Ireland. Who knows what they do there? <laughs> so, uh, while he's in the bathroom stall. Um, he starts hearing like these voices and he sees these feet standing outside of the stall. And then, <laughs> then the guy that murdered his family in 1902 is suddenly face to face with him, just muttering shit. Yeah. Just... <laughs> and he's like, what? <laughs> I'd be like, go, go away. <laughs> I'm puking here. Just let me, let me be. <laughs> First of all, get out of my face. <laughs> um, and then he, he, I don't know, he gets, he's like frozen in, in fear and he starts like dragging himself out of the bathroom. Um, and he goes out and he can see out into the street, like over the canal, and he sees a man. I think it's the, the murderer, right? The same guy, yeah. Yeah. 
uh, I don't know if you know that at the time, though. It's very quick, and yeah. you don't get a good glimpse at it. Um, and the, he's he's holding a woman, and like she's screaming, "Don't!" and like you know all this, and, and he throws her into the canal. I mean, it's Alice. It is Alice, but it's like it's so quick that you wouldn't know that unless you realize, oh yeah, it's the same red dress she was wearing. Yeah, that's the only way I figured it out. Um, jump forward to I guess, David just passes out. Like yeah. he, he tries to go and help her, but he's just so exhausted and weak. Or he's just like, you know what? Fuck that bitch. <laughs> Good. Um, I'm glad you did. <laughs> he uh, he wakes up in the wee hours of the morning, stumbles his way home, um, and uh, finds that his wife is is not home. The bed is still made. Uh, he gets his son you know ready and off to school, and still nothing from his wife. Uh, he tries calling her and her she doesn't answer her phone, so he goes to the police and um, recruits Detective McNamara um, to help him find his wife. You know, at this point, she's a missing person, which I think here in America you have to be missing what like seventy two hours. Or I think something? it's forty eight. Forty eight hours. Uh, apparently, they're a little more lax on that in Ireland. <laughs> I guess so. Uh, yeah, you know, just this detective, he's a fucking dick. He is a real prick. <laughs> but you know, in things like this, it's just like it's it's almost like automatic that you when when a wife goes missing, you immediately suspect the husband. He even says that. Yeah, he's like, you know why people always suspect the husband? Because it's, it's always, always the, the husband. husband. <laughs> Every um, fucking time. So he um but they start doing like you do an investigation, you know, they he's like, Did you talk to her family and friends? Yes, nobody's heard from her. And, and it jumps forward. They're like, um, uh, they're like, like doing passes uh, down a field looking for her. And comes to a point where they're like trolling the, the canal. And sure as shit, they find her body. And he loses his goddamn mind. And the coroner says, you know, we determined that uh, there was no foul play. It, it appears that her sh- the heel on her shoe broke. And she probably fell into the canal and drowned. Uh, so we we're just ruling this to be an accident. Um, so I guess you're off the hook. <laughs> and you can tell McNamara is just like really fucking pissed off. Like he really wanted to nail this bastard. Yeah. And it's it's like classic cop thing to do that like even though the case appears to be closed. And I should say movie cop because I don't think real <laughs> detectives do this. He continues to tail David. Right. It's like, don't you have other cases to be working on? <laughs> this one has been presumably solved. Um, but, um, and so David keeps descending into madness. Like he is obsessing about this guy who murdered his family. At, at her funeral, her mom is like, you know, she had a boyfriend. He's like, yeah, I heard. She's like, well, he's really upset about it. <laughs> I'd be like, well, fuck him. I don't give a shit. Yeah, he's like, I could give a fuck. <laughs> um, and uh, and then and then she's like, I should take Billy. He's like, you should fuck all the way home. Is what you should do. <laughs> it's like bullshit. <laughs> you should take Billy. And it's like the cop says, like says, uh, you know, she had a boyfriend, Alex, who was with her the night she died. And David's like, I didn't know anything about the yeah, um, you know, like a liar. <laughs> <laughs> There's the Mulaney. <laughs> Um And uh, says, you know, and she, he tells us that she uh, was unhappy. They'd been dating for about a year. And she was going to leave and you. she was going to leave you. And he's like, no, that's bullshit. 
Um, uh, and then like when he's identifying the body, Alex is just sitting out there in the hallway. Like, okay, we need a second opinion here. <laughs> It's like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah, and David just like walks right past him and just leaves. I'm like, nope, I would have punched that just, motherfucker right in the mouth. Oh, yeah. Just like fucking curb stomped him or something. Yeah, just slammed his head into the wall or something. Um, although he, that guy looked pretty strapping. He probably would have kicked his ass. I mean, they were also in a police station. <laughs> That's true. You would have been all the way toot sweet. <laughs> um, anyway... So, yeah, David, like I said, he's, he's kind of grieving. He's also becoming more and more obsessed with this guy that murdered his uh, wife and family. Uh, and these these films, these archive footage. Yeah. And so he and he actually like gets to a point where he's dreaming about the guy and, you know, seeing him in his home. Um, and, uh, yeah. And so, I mean, the, the movie is basically his descent into madness. Uh, and trying to protect his family from this ghost of a murderer, or you know, his family, meaning his son and the nanny, I guess, which is also very strange because this guy killed his wife, his son, or his kids, and the nanny. Yep. Very, very similar situation, set aside from the fact that it's in the same fucking house. Um, so, uh, I mean, that's, that's kind of it. Like, um, it, it gets to a point where. Um, things really start to, the wheels really start to fucking come off and David has lost his fucking mind. Um, and you know, all while it seems like he's trying to protect his son, uh, and the nanny, um, Sophie, Sophie, Sophie. Shannon, I'm fucking up on names today. (laughs) What am I talking? I'm never good at names. Um, and, uh, Yeah, things just kind of start going wacky. And then you find out that everything that he has been picturing in his head has all just been fantasy. And like he, he actually just has gone mad and has he killed his wife. Um, and uh, he actually ends up killing Claire. Um, but it, with Claire, he like he pictures his wife coming out of the film. Oh, that, that's another thing. He's He took the actual camera that these crime scene, this crime scene footage was taken on uh, and starts filming new things around his home, uh, around town. And he actually goes to the spot where his wife died and just, just rolls film. Uh, and then he brings it home and views it and shows, shows it to Claire. And in his head, he sees the body of Alice starting to rise up and walking towards the camera. And then she comes out of like you know pulls a Surrey from the ring yeah and comes out and takes Alice or sorry Claire um and drags her into the wall because he he made a hole in the wall because he was hearing voices in the wall right and so the, yeah her uh, Alice's body comes out of this hole in the wall yeah and he's like started to find this this evidence of like uh like s- uh, satanic uh rituals mm-hmm. where they would like, sacrifice babies um and it's like there's a it gets to a point where it's like you don't really know to what extent any of that was real. Yeah. Because it, it does come to the, come to find out that, yeah, David killed his wife. He tried to kill the, the nanny, um, and he killed his assistant. Um, and um, when that all kind of reveals, like, again, you don't really know what part of it was real. Like, was there really a ghost that was making him crazy, or did he imagine that too? Um, because, I mean... 
it's obvious that something actually did happen in that house in 1902. Right. So was it just it happened to he like drive him crazy and it happened again or was there like some kind of demonic you know supernatural influence i don't know and it, it never answers that question nope um he uh he's he's trying to in the end like the they found that uh a hammer from alex alex's house in the canal or he found the hammer from alex's house in the canal with David's fingerprints on it, which is weird because I don't think in a canal with moving water that those fingerprints would still be there. Probably not. I mean, I'm not a forensic expert, but yeah. Call your sister. <laughs> Jeez. Call your sister. We need forensics answers. Well, what do you need to know? Would fingerprints stay on a wooden hammer handle under moving water? Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. We're gonna get an answer here. So the climax. Wait. Stay on a wooden hammer handle in moving water. Asking for a friend. (laughs) (laughs) So the climax, he goes back to the canal and he starts like seeing. Well, for some reason, there's a manhole in his house. I think it's like in his backyard. Is it? Okay. I must have missed that part. Yeah. So he goes down under the canal and he starts. Somehow the pipes become movie screens. And he starts seeing all the things he's been doing. He's like running through the sewers like fucking Harrison Ford in the future. Yeah. And then he sees Alice's body give stillbirth to this fucking baby corpse. Oh, right. I forgot about that. And that they was show it. Up. And they show all of it. Show this. And then she's like chasing him with this dead baby. She's like, look at it. Yeah, because he, he's like, no, it's gross. McNamara tells him, he's like, you know, he was, she was pregnant. Or no, sorry. When The when, coroner. The coroner says, yeah. you know, she was pregnant, right? That's like whose baby? It probably wasn't his. Probably not. <laughs> um, um, and then yeah, uh, Alice holds his head underwater, which is how he killed Alice, mm-hmm. and he ends up dying. And then the grandmother takes Billy. Well, so he he jumps from the sewer pipe into the canal with David in his arm, or sorry, Billy. Uh, Billy in his arms, and McNamara follows him in, and in David's head, he's being pulled underwater by by Alice. Or maybe it was being pushed down or something. Either way, Alice is keeping him underwater, and he lets go of David McNamara. God damn it, Billy, and McNamara takes him and pulls him to the surface. Yeah, and David just drowns. Um, yeah, and so yeah, I mean, in the real world, it comes out David lost his fucking mind, just like the guy in 1902. Um. And um, he didn't kill the nanny, though. The nanny bailed out because she was smart. (laughs) She's like, Mr. Williams or whatever your name is. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Mr. Williams, uh, I'm going to (laughs) go. I need to go. Uh, And uh, But then Billy goes off with his grandmother. Right. And he, he starts hearing David's voice. Yeah, it was super creepy. Like, yeah, so, yeah, uh Alice's mom is selling the house and David goes in, Billy goes into the house to grab his dinosaur book or whatever it is. He's yeah. Obsessed with dinosaurs. Dinosaurs. And yeah, he hears David talking to him from behind a crack in the wall, which is just fucking eerie. Yeah. Um, he's like, you want to stay here with me and your mother forever? Follow up 
question. How long is it underwater? Uh, let's say a week. Um, and um, yeah, so and you know, Billy says, "Yeah, I do." And so I love you, Billy. And I love you too, Daddy. And it jumps forward, you know, Billy and his grandmother get in the car. They start driving away. And then it's, it's like bouncing back and forth between what happened when he was talking to his dad behind the crack and, you know, in the car. And in between clips, Billy undoes his seat buckle or seat belt. Seat buckle. Seat belt. Seat belt buckle. And then unlocks the door. And opens the door, and then you hear a... Yeah, you, they don't show it, but you hear it. And then it jumps back to the realtor who's in the house, and she looks up the stairs and sees Billy in his room closing the door. Yeah. Cut to black. So it's like, do the ghosts go back to this house? Is the house somehow a safe haven for these ghosts? Or is Billy also deranged? Or what's... Well, Billy's dead. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, I mean, the, 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 clearly, clearly there's some kind of supernatural force because, you know, we were saying that it wasn't answered, but I really doubt that. I think it was intentionally not answered. Like, it, it's intentionally ambiguous. Yeah. But, I mean, it comes becomes a little more obvious when we see Billy's presumed ghost in the house. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. Twisted movie. Yeah. Like it hits you hard too, because like, you know, whether you're married or or dating someone, it's like sometimes you get a little suspicious, especially if it's not a good relationship, mm-hmm. or you know, if, if you're having a rough patch or something, you think, okay, well, you know, what is this person doing when I'm not around? Um, and uh, so I think that kind of hits hard, you know, if you if you've had that in your life before, um. And, uh, yeah, feels for that, I think. Yeah. I mean, I, I've, I've been in a relationship before where I thought maybe I was being cheated on. There's never really confirmed. I had my strong suspicions though. Um, and, uh, yeah, just a lot of, a lot of feelings came back. Um, I think the director does a really good job of like portraying, uh, you know, those kind of feelings and just making you really relate to David. So you really do have these emotions when these events happen. Yeah. You really want to believe that there is just this thing that killed his wife. Yeah. It's like, even though everything like your, your practical mind is telling you, it's like, no, he killed his wife. I mean, it's pretty obvious. Yeah. Um, and when it comes, you know, it comes to reveal that he actually did kill his wife. It's just like, yeah, I mean, I I knew the whole time. I just, didn't want to believe it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, I was, I was reading the Wikipedia page about this and it was talking about the, uh, the director really wanting to focus on sound design. Um, to, so where sound would really become uh, like a part of the movie, like almost, almost as much of a character as anybody on screen. And, uh, I, I'm not so much sure about the sound, but the visuals were very striking to me. Yeah. Um, I mean, even just subtle things like when he's walking down the canal, um, following Alice and Alex, um, and like the, f- the light from the the restroom that he passes, and it's like flickering, or it's just like this stark like night where you can b- almost see nothing, 
except for the, just this flickering fluorescent light. Just that kind of thing. And whether or not that was intentional, I don't know. But yeah. Um, and uh, the uh, the uses of, of flashbacks, like where it's like really fractured and not very clear. Oh, we've got an answer. What we got? So to start with, wooden handles aren't the best for latents. So latent prints. They'll usually do it, but get better results with DNA, she would say. Articles that she found with a quick Google focused on metal and glass surfaces. And some can be detected, it looks like, but they do deteriorate. She said she's sure the current in a river would more likely decrease the likelihood of finding prints. Ha! So, so possible, but not probable. Found prints after a week in the movie. Right. Yeah, and it, it could have been even longer because... Yeah, they don't really specify. I know it's like there's a point where... Like when Alice dies, it doesn't definitely doesn't seem like winter. Um, but then it's Christmas, so I don't mm. really... It could have been months. We don't really know. So it sounds like even after a week, it's very unlikely. So after several months, it's probably very unlikely. Yeah. Anyway... Um, yeah. The middle's a little slow. A little bit. And there's way too many jump scares. I can't think of any jump scares. They're they're all like the the friendly boo scares. Like like there's one where it's I don't remember what's happening before, but it's like this really tense moment, and then it really quickly cuts to her z- zipping up Billy's jacket. And mm. it's like the, the sound of the zipper is like super aggressive mm-hmm. and it's like, it's supposed to feel like a jump scare. I know. Okay. Yeah. I know what you're talking about. And that's like after reading. So I was reading this like towards the beginning of the movie. Um, just like the production notes and stuff like that. Reading about like how he wanted to focus on sound design. And then that scene came like, okay, that was probably an example Yeah, where we just the sound of a zipper. He wanted to really startle you. Um, but yeah, I don't know. To me, yeah, the, the, the visual was much more, um, I guess it's striking than sure. the sound. Uh, it was really, you know, another thing that bugged me is like something where it fo- they focus so much on sound design, but I had to turn the volume way the fuck up to hear the kid and uh, the assistant. The kid had a really thick accent. Yeah, he did. I had a hard time understanding it. And it's funny, Rupert Evans is British, and the lady that played uh, Alice, um, Hannah uh, Hoekstra, or Ho- Hoekstra, um, she's, uh, I think she's like Dutch. <laughs> the Dutch. Dutch. Yeah, Dutch. Yeah, Dutch. Um, so neither of them are Irish, but the kid's Irish, which I guess makes sense if he was raised in Ireland, but... Um, yeah, it was funny to me that neither like it takes place in Ireland, Irish director, you know, Irish centric story, and neither, but neither the lead director are Irish, and they don't play Irish either. Like he's clearly got a British accent; she clearly has a Dutch accent. Yeah, the detective is also English. Oh, was he? Because it sounded like he was doing an Irish accent. I mean, maybe the character was, but the actor is English. I mean, McNamara is, is an Irish name, so. Um, anyway, and it's ever, it's like, he was in the world's end. Was he? He was the, uh, motorcycle cop. Oh, wow. Okay. I thought I recognized him. Um, it's never really explicit where this is. Mm, That's true. Yeah. I mean, it was like, I know it was filmed in and around Dublin. 
but it never says it's Dublin or even Ireland. You're just kind of, I mean, they do the same thing here in America. It's just like, sure. Yeah, any, anytime anytime you'll say, yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, acting was good. Um, acting was real good. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, uh, Rupert Evans, he did a really fucking good job. I think just like, it's like where you, where you think maybe he's crazy, but you're not really sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but he's clearly very strung out. Um, this movie reminded me a lot of Sinister. Sinister? Yeah. I got like a stir of echoes. Stir of echoes, especially with the, the voices in the wall and when he cut. Yeah. Yeah. And the dad losing his fucking mind. But the whole thing with the, the movies and stuff just was real strong reminiscent of, of Sinister. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, S- Sinister, The Ring, and Stir of Echoes. I think that all those, like, this had elements of all of those in it. Yeah. Um, but, uh, no, I mean strong film. Um, I think it, I think it actually did pretty well at like festivals, if I remember right. Seventy five percent of Rotten Tomatoes. I don't see anything about awards or anything, but uh, okay, it premiered at Tribeca. Didn't say anything about awards though. Hmm. <clears throat> Um, yeah, good stuff. Uh, I mean, I'm not usually partial for ghost stories, um, but this wasn't too bad. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just, I, I wish I didn't have to turn it way the fuck up to understand what people were saying. Um, again, it was a little too dark and maybe that, again, just because I'm fucking old and I can't see things Maybe you need to adjust the settings on your TV or something. I have them pretty bright already. Oh, really? (laughs) Um, but it's like, I'm not blind, so it makes me think that I'm not the problem. (laughs) Um, of course, I mean, my night vision kind of sucks, so maybe that has something to do with it. Uh, yeah, I mean, kind of like, uh, um, Let Us Pray, the ending kind of saw it coming, but even still, it's like it, even though you weren't really surprised, it was kind of, you know, it's not disappointing, I guess. Yeah. She's like, oh yeah, that's, that's conveyed in an interesting way, even though I knew it was coming. Um, I don't know. Anything else to add? Not really. Like I said, I mean, I guess you didn't pick up on it, but I thought there was too many jump scares and, and they would, none of them were like successful. None of them were, um, they weren't well done jump scares. They were all just like the, your friend jumps out and, and startles you. Right. Uh, and the endings or the middle is a little slow, but I feel like it's, that's kind of part of the whole thing. Like it has to be slow to build up the tension mm-hmm. to, to have that just kind of batshit crazy climax. Yeah. But you know, to, in contrast to this, to the jump scares, there are actually a fair share of, uh, you know, like, uh, like deliberate, like kind of creeping scares too. Oh, for sure. Like there's this point where he's where he sends Sophie and Billy to a to a hotel because he thinks it's not safe for them to be in the house. <laughs> and you know, Sophie's like, uh what? <laughs> but you know, she's getting put up in a four star hotel for free, so she's not arguing too much. Um but he's video chatting with Billy and I don't remember what makes him suspicious, but he tells Billy to start kind of turning the laptop so he can see the rest of the room. And he turns it towards this dark corner, 
And it's like, there's a lot of this in the movie where it's just like, is something there? Right. And he's like, Billy, you need to get out of the room. Get out of the room right now. And like slowly you see somebody like stand up in the shadows and like it's it's the the guy who does he have he has to have a name, right? I don't think so. William Jackson? Maybe. Yeah. I mean that is that would make sense, I guess. I don't know who else that William Jackson would be, so yeah, there's, he's not referenced. The character's not referenced in the uh, the synopsis. It, mu- it must be it. So let's let's say William Jackson. He stands up and walks towards the bed, but clearly Billy is not seeing him. Right. Um. So there's there's that kind of thing. Yeah, and that's so much more successful than just like being like you know, oh, turn the laptop over into that creepy corner, and then all of a sudden the nanny just pops out and goes, "Hi." <laughs> What's going on? Fran Drescher. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> that would be too scary. Um, and then, yeah, there's a point where he's walking down the canal with this, with Billy. And he stops and looks across and he says, Billy, do you see that woman sitting there? Like squatting down in the, in the uh, tall grass? And Billy's like, I don't see anyone. But it's just weird. It's like this woman... I don't know if she's just like covered in black or just dressed in black or, or what. Um, and uh, it's just that kind of thing. I mean, they're to, so I guess to offset the jump scares, those are those kind of things too. But that's the thing is those are so successful that it's like you don't need the jump scares. Yeah. Do more of that. <laughs> I think there's a, a, a degree where that kind of stuff wears out too. Sure. Where you kind of expect I mean, to where you come to like anticipate jump scares, you can kind of anticipate that kind of stuff too. Yeah. Uh, But anyway, so uh, yeah, overall, it's a pretty good movie. Um, There are definitely some things I would have changed, which I've covered in the last half hour or so. I think I'll give it a seven. Um, I'm going to give it a six. I just feel like if you took out all the unnecessary jump scares, it would be a much more precise movie. Like I think it would have conveyed the message it wanted to much more clearly. So fair, fair. All right, guys, we've reached the end of the episode. I I was going to do the Irish accent, but then I just I, I bailed, <laughs> <You> bailed out. <laughs> I think bail, bail, bail. <laughs> um. Cool. Yeah. So we're we're done, guys. Uh, we have put in our work, and now it's time for us to go. I uh, hope you enjoyed the show, uh, Taylor. Did, did you have just a whole heap of fun? I had a merry old time. Yeah. Uh, have a happy St. Patty's Day, guys. Don't forget to wear your green or eat peaches. <laughs> you little peaches. Um. <laughs> God damn it. Uh, cool. We're going to be back in a couple of weeks with a brand new episode. Taylor, what movies are we going to be talking about? Uh, we're going to be watching the new, uh, werewolf movie with Linnea Quiggles called Boner Hill Road, <laughs> uh, as well as Jordan Peele's Us. Yeah. Excited about that. Yeah. I'm excited about Bone Hill Road too. I've heard a lot of good things about it, which is interesting because, ah, uh, dog soldiers. 
that's where I recognize that guy from. Um, Six. He was in Dog, Dog, Dog Soldiers. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> I'm saying uh, I've heard a lot of comparisons to Dog Soldiers. Dog Soldiers was real good. Yeah. And it was a low-budget movie, and it was done really well. So I'm, all practical. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, I've been wanting to watch it for a long time, just trying to figure out best place to put it. And I couldn't think of another movie, so I just, fuck, <laughs> fuck it. We're watching Bone Hill Road now. And uh, Us should be good. It looks pretty awesome. Yeah. Cool. So look out for that, guys. Uh, Taylor, if people want to join us in the online party, where can they go? Best place to go is graveplotpodcast.com. Rate, review, and subscribe on your favorite podcast player. Send us an email. Let us know you did. We'll send you some free stuff. Uh, follow us on Facebook and Instagram as Grave Plot Podcast or on Twitter as Grave underscore Plot. And of course, if you want to contribute to the show monetarily in exchange for some exclusive content, head over to patreon.com slash Grave Plot Podcast. Don't forget, guys, $100 buys you a tattoo of a unicorn on this man's ass. Uh, not this man. Not, not the one talking. That one. This man. <laughs> that man. And this, if this ass, <laughs> and if you do it before our next episode, he's gonna get some shamrocks in there. I'll add a cloverleaf to the unicorn's ass. Asception. <laughs> Asception. That's the hashtag for this episode. <laughs> All right, guys, we're gonna catch up with you next time. Till then, I am Skeletoni. I am Taylor of Terror. This has been the Grave Plot Podcast, where we're all a little dead inside. Well, in the merry month of May, no from me home, I started, left the girls and two were nearly broken hearted, saluted father dear, kissed me darling mother, drank a pint of beer, me grief and tears, the smothered enough to reap the corn and leaf, for I was born, got a stout like sound of banished ghost and goblins, a brand new pair of brogues to rock the love of the bogs and fighting all the dogs on the rocky roads, a double and one to three for five, up to Harriton and down the rocky roads, and all the ways to double and make for lolly in mull and gathered night. I rested them so weary, started by the lightning's morning light And there he took a drop of the pure to keep me heart and strength And that's the paddy's cure when there is up for drinking They hear the lassie smile, laughing all the while At me curious style to touch a heart above And he asked me was I hired and wages I required Till I was almost tired of the rocky road To double and one to three for five Hunt a hair and turn them down the rocky road All the way to double and make for lolly In double and next arrived I thought it's such a pity to be so simple in the pride of you of that fancy then I took a stroll all among the quality all the little stowel in the neat locality something crossed me mind when I looked behind the bundle could I find upon me stick a wall in the choir and after the road sat me come the sprog it wasn't much and bow it on the rocky road to double and one to three for five but the hair and turn them down the rocky road and all the ways to double and make for lolly from there I got away my spirits never failing and it on the cage just as the ship was sailing captain at me Said that no room hardy when I jumped aboard a cap and flew for paddy Down among the pigs, did some hearty rigs and played some hearty jigs The water round me bubbling when the folly head I wished myself was dead or better far instead On the rocky road, it's a double and one to three for five